Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 80 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by Limerick's leading philanthropist of 2016. It's Mr. Sean Sheehan, ladies and gentlemen. Fuck Sean. you, JP. Fuck you, JP McMahon, as I beat you out. I knew I'd do it eventually. Sean, thank you so much for joining. As an expert philanthropist, thank you for joining this podcast to chat with us. It's an honor. No problem. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Sean, what's a philanthropist? Where they give, In your um, own words. <laughs> money to charity. Oh, is it? Yeah. You don't know what a philanthropist is? <laughs> no, I just like the word. <laughs> just a person who gives money to charity. That's there it. you go. You're... And a kind soul as well. <laughs> you didn't know what a philanthropist is. This is like the third time you've called me a philanthropist. Oh, yeah. no, I, I, I'm, I'm insulted now. I was wondering what you meant the last time you called me a philanthropist. Yeah, no, I've heard uh, just influential people being referred to as a philanthropist. It's a nice fancy word. I thought it had a positive connotation. I know that you actually hate charities, so I shouldn't I do, have actually... Yeah. It's one of my pet peeves, charity. <laughs> I shouldn't have called you that at all. God damn those people in need. Sean, speaking of people in need... Right, other side of the world right now, celebrations are going on, athletes are performing, rowers are capsizing their boats on the biggest stage of them all, (laughs) and people, on what? (laughs) I think it was a sailing ship, I don't think it was on the rowing boats, but it was like a, or did you know how to do like the downhill slalom canoe shit? Yeah. One of them got... (laughs) One of their boats got capsized in a sofa stuck in a river over yeah, Leo. I, I heard a sofa. <laughs> oh, but I thought, I thought somebody else capsized just regularly, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think they did. There was a window. very bad there. I said they called it off. They called the whole day of uh, rowing off yesterday. So, like, the f- probably the first thing you learn, okay, you spend your life at this sport. You're getting ready. You're heading to the Olympics. This is the greatest. And he's capsized his boat <laughs> on the first leg. Uh, you know it's like the gymnast who snapped his leg and I hope he has a speedy recovery but like that's never like I assume okay I'm guessing here that has never fucking happened in before and for it to happen at the Olympics do you know what I mean it's just crazy see the Irish dude as well the gymnast he like dislocated his knee I think it was yesterday on his round he kept going though fair play to him hardly fucker again mandatory Simpsons Olympic reference (laughs) And what thought was a perfect landing was later described as a broken leg. <laughs> ah! Did you see the match? The what? They did a matchup of that. With the, they did a mashup of the Simpsons oh, sketch brilliant. with your man breaking his leg. Yeah, saw that today. The the Lincoln point that I was trying to make was uh, under underprivileged people. Did you see uh, like a lot of people giving off about the Olympics? An idea that I saw floated online, Sean, is that an island should be built somewhere in the world. The Olympics yeah. are held there and all sporting events are held there to stop this mass destruction of people coming in like massive football stadiums in South Africa for the 2010 World Cup. It's not like the thriving South African Football League are going to be able to utilize that afterwards or all of these facilities that are now taking over Rio and Brazil. And like, did you see all the people trying to extinguish the, the Olympic torch before the ceremony? Yeah. Like, it was constantly attacked. Yeah. Like- I know this, like 99% of people won't agree with this. I just think it should be moved between like England, America, Australia, France, Germany, places like that. Places that can 
afford to do it and actually have the infrastructure already to do it like well like why would you why would you bring it to even brazil maybe not isn't even the worst but they had to build a lot of stuff maybe they didn't have you know the the infrastructure like london has now and stuff but like it's i think it's madness bringing it to places like that where you know they're doing economically very badly like i know england and france and everywhere else in america aren't doing great but like it's better than brazil like it's fucking a lot of people living but basically as third world people in lots of parts of brazil like i don't know i just, I just think it's better you know, it's easier, like it's cheaper to get to places like that as well. I don't know, I think it'd be easier on everyone if they just did it that way. From my understanding... But I suppose it's nice to bring it to different places. Exactly. When it was decided that it would be going to Brazil, Brazil was actually in strong economic health. Do you know? And like, Because these decisions are made years in advance of where the next Olympics are going to be. Do you know? So, And it always seems that no matter how long in advance it's made stadiums are still being rushed to be finished the olympic village is always being rushed to be finished i know a lot of teams wouldn't move into the olympic village and are now staying elsewhere because of the poor conditions and different things like that to me it just seems like a massive amount i agree with you it should it should happen in places where the stuff is already there uh rio i think made super highways new super highways for their traffic and stuff and there was still 20 kilometer tailbacks on those brand new roads the week before the olympics started you know, so it's just an absolute clusterfuck. As well as the Zika virus, you know, which claimed all the top golfers out of the, the most yeah. prestigious golf tournament in the world. Definitely not getting ready to hop on a plane to Abu Dhabi now in a few weeks' time to compete for 10 million or something like that. Yeah. Did you see Paddy Barnes and Mike Conlon keep sending Rory McIlroy these different tweets? Like, that but is like, probably Ricky the best Fowler thing and... in the world, honestly. Oh, it's getting a bit old now. The first time was funny, but now it's just they're being a bit of dickheads, I think. And I think the one with Ricky Fowler was funny, but when he... Paddy Barnes, the one with Caroline Wozniacki, like, that wasn't that, wasn't that funny. Like, okay. It was, that was bad for him. I'm going to call you out on this, right? Paddy Barnes, small, angry man that likes to hit people. If Neil Seary did it, you'd be fucking wetting yourself <laughs> laughing. That's a, that's a fair point. That is a fair point. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> oh, but it Neil would not. <laughs> it would have been funny if he just did that. But like when they, it's like the fourth time they did it. I don't know. It's get, it's getting a bit too much. I think. And I was like, okay, we get the idea. Like they're a little bit jealous of Rory McIlroy, and they're like, oh, he wouldn't come, and we're doing it for nothing, and we're coming. You know, they're kind of playing the victim a bit. But it, it is funny. But. It's a bit sad at the same time. Sean, I've just had a flashback there to secondary school because yeah. I can remember something in French that was, it was funny, but sad at the same time. It was a translated phrase in one of our textbooks. Um, yeah, I know the word I can't remember. Uh, I used to always say Irish. the word incorrectly. No, it was French. It's French. Uh, um, it's like people say you have a sense of humor like that. I've just put it into Google. Droll. Droll, yeah. Droll. I, I didn't know what that meant for about 10 years, and I was using it incorrectly for literally droll. about 10 years. There you go. Yeah. Bit droll. I'm happy That's with that. Exactly. What about... Uh, droll, okay? Yeah. I'm going to go with droll news, maybe. Is that, yeah. is that right? No, droll is kind of funny but sad at the same time. Okay, well, this is funny and sad at the yeah, same yeah. time. Because the Olympics hasn't even kicked off yet. Yeah. As a nation in the Olympics, we are very proud that the only time we've been done for drugs was when the horses were taking themselves a couple of years ago for the show jumping. And the time Michelle Smith got a... a Dissolved in the water, <laughs> as Tommy a, Tiernan would say. Got fucking a, a bottle of whiskey thrown into our sample, however that happened. Really good. But 
<laughs> we get over that. Where's Michelle Smith from? Is she up from your part of the way? Is she? I'm not Where's too she sure. From? Stick it in the old Google machine there. You'll find that out. Yeah. Um, Michael O'Reilly um, uh, provisionally suspended from competing in the Olympic Games after it emerged last Thursday he had failed a drugs test. So I'm taking this from the Independent. He has undergone, according to his camp, 14 drug tests in the last 30 months, which is nowhere near enough, just for the record and has always come up clean, according to a source close to his camp. Just for context here, Brock Lesnar passed seven out of his eight out-of-competition drug tests leading up to UFC 200 before failing his fight night drug test at UFC 200 as well. The Irish Sports Council, who are now responsible for anti-doping here, has confirmed that an appeal has been lodged. Okay, so they are going to contest it. Um, He... Never, ever, ever failed one of those tests in the fourteen time in the four in the two and a half years. Said a source, the whole thing is going to play out, and his story will be told. He also rumors come out over the weekend. or reports come out over the weekend. He has documentary evidence that could clear him to fight in his scheduled <laughs> first bout on Friday, and the appeal is going to happen over the next two days. Sean, to be honest, this could be something as simple as an inhaler or medication or something yeah. that he had taken traveling over to Brazil. Worried maybe of contracting the Zika virus that sets off a test. Yeah, I no. actually think this couldn't. This could be the first of many athletes that are failing drug test. I did a uh, exclamation marks there with my fingers. I don't. I know you can't see me failing yeah. drugs tests, and um, because maybe of stuff that they're taking for worried of getting sick in the place that maybe isn't suitable enough to even host the Olympics. That's the problem, see, as well, when you don't come out and say what, what's happening. Like, you know, you lead to speculation like this. Sure, we haven't a clue, like, you know, did he take a cough medicine or did he take, take fucking Nandrolone? Like, we haven't, you know, we don't know. And it's only all speculation, really. There was a report last night came out, I saw RT reporting us that uh, he's asking that he's B-sample tested. Now, that hasn't been, you know, that hasn't been officially announced or anything as of, as of recording us right now so we don't know really you know it's it's obviously a bit sad you know we don't want any Irish guys in and going in there fend tests and stuff but it's you know it's good that the tests are working he seems <clears throat> he seems like he didn't want to have to be t- test to be sample tested at the start because of uh, because he obviously has some reason he just said there like you know the, the way they're kind of speaking about it is he has some explanation or you know you know they didn't really release whether it was a recreational drug or a performance sensor either so we don't really you know we don't really know but you know you know, Andrew, isn't there isn't there a better way of of getting there you know getting an advantage is. like that but but doing it clean doing it legit. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, we can't really say doing it legit because we still don't know. But what I am saying is, for any of you Olympic athletes (laughs) that are out there that are taking steroids and trying to cheat, (laughs) when you get caught, this one's for you, okay? You should have been on orosnutrition.com, lads. Head on over to orosnutrition.com. Get an absolutely phenomenally massive range of supplements. All your supplement needs. Whey-based proteins, plant-based proteins, pre-workouts... Um, supplements, tablets, shakers. The lot. The lot. Everything, Sean. Everything, Everything. under the sun. The whole lot. And back. They've got, um, if you're just going to the gym, maybe you're getting into the time now, you're going back to college, maybe you want to look buff, Sean, you know, for all the first years that are oh, going to be hanging around the college. That's exactly what we're going to see now. Boys topping up in the gym. 
you can go over to ORSNutrition.com. You can say, look, lads, I want to get a little bit bigger. I'm getting ready to go back to college. I'm going to pull a load of birds. And they're like, no hassle, mate. Here's the supplements you need. Take these, work out in the gym, and enjoy enjoy it. You know, that's all, that's all they want you to do. They also have stuff like if you're cutting weight, if you're different fitness goals in the gym, they can sort you out that way. If you're an athlete, if you're a boxer that doesn't want to fail maybe a test, then they will recommend the best supplements for you on their website. If you're a martial artist, they've got that section too. A soccer player, a ga player. I know you said it at the weekend, Sean. They proudly sponsored the Dublin GEA team, and those boys looked fit as fuck against Donegal at the weekend, didn't they? They did, in fairness. They kept going till the last minute. They would run all day. Here, Andrew. What if you're uh, what if you're a lady, one of the three ladies listening to this podcast, looking to get fit and trim to start back in college, or you know, for the summer's coming to an end now, you want to you know you want to keep up that that vitamin D. What about them? Squats, like that's Squats. What, that's what girls usually always look exactly. for in the gym, Sean. Not Playing to be a misogynistic, sexist pig here. Do you know what I mean? But that's what. Uh, wait, is misogynistic the right word there? Who yeah, cares? that's right. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Who cares? As a philanthropist myself, I don't really care <laughs> about the terms. The philanthropist, Andrew McGregor. Andrew McGregor, Andrew McGregor. Um, yeah, there are a full range of supplements for the females over there as well. Because they're not, like, you don't have to be a girl or a boy to take certain supplements, Sean. But they have got uh, different things. They've got, um, what, what attracts the girls from what I've noticed, Sean, from being around gyms are, and they have them over there as well, the protein bars. So mm. healthy protein bars that a girl can eat after a training session and maybe not feel too guilty that she may think that she's eating a chocolate bar, but it's actually, it's okay and it's good for you. ORS Nutrition have them fully stocked as well. And also, since we're just going full on and insulting the women here as well, they've got lovely baking recipes over on ORSNutrition.com. <laughs> oh, no, we get complaints about that now. Oh, stop. Are you serious or is that just good no, banter? Like? <laughs> I'm only bantering. Go oh, okay, on. good right. banter because there's only the three of them that listen anyway. <laughs> there was only three of them. Yeah. So um, head on over to orsnutrition.com but it gets even better. Once you've put everything in the basket, once you're heading towards the checkout, you can um, enter a code, a discount code. Yeah, what would that be, Andrew? You use the code SEVEREMMA, all in caps, for 25% off your first order with orsnutrition.com. Oh, 25%. And we have a lot of people A lot of people contacting us saying Lads I use that Thanks very much Blah 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 But we haven't seen the pictures Do you know what I mean Yeah where are the pictures Stick it up on Instagram Stick it up on Twitter Tag us and we'll retweet it We'll share it Sean I am going to absolutely Pollute people's heads now This is like my number one goal Snapchat has combined into Instagram And now there's an Instagram Snapchat story sort of feature I don't know if you've seen that yet I've started calling it Snapstagram That now effectively rules out Because the severe miss Snapchat was heartbreaking Because of having to log in out of my one And also forgetting the password on the severe MMA one Instagram, you can now have multiple accounts, which means I'm going to be flat out on the Instagram Snapstagram. So please uh, tag us on Instagram, tag us on everything of your ORS orders. Let us know, let them know. They're on all social medias, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Check them out massively. We're big fans, good friends of the podcast as well. And uh, Sean, I've actually got one of their shakers in front of me right now. It has a new purpose. So I've got two two of their shakers. Let me uh, guess what this one's been used for. Uh, uh, Aside from making my voice sound much cooler when I speak into it, it's also used. Money, saving money in it. Yeah, my god. Twos and ones. Oh my god. From the fine patrons of Dundalk. Mm. 
Do you, are they, they're, I just heard something really funny there just before we started the podcast. They're taking away ones and two cents in Ireland, aren't they? Uh, they're already gone. Yeah. And do you know what they did? They're rounding. They changed this price of uh, a stamp to 72 cents. So you'll pay 75 or 70. Uh, but I think, I don't know what, what way it works. Isn't that so ridiculous though? I think if it's one or two cent, it rounds down to 70. And if it's I heard, three I heard and above, like, it goes up to five. Is it that? Maybe. I okay. think I'm so. I'm not sure though. I think, I think they have a the more, uh, more idiotic way of doing it though. Oh. I, think so. oh, I, I don't know. But isn't it stupid? Why didn't you just make them 70? Why are they 72? Like? It's so stupid. That reason, Sean, I believe. Super, super. Don't get me fucking started about postage rates in this country. Here, oh. do you know, do you know that postage stamps are legal tender in Ireland? So you so, could, you could, uh, you could go into a shop and pay with stamps? Yeah, if you wanted to buy something for 72 euro, you could go in with, what, is it 100 or 1,000? Oh, that's 100, 100 postage stamps. Give them the 100 postage stamps and they'd have to take it for that 72 euro item. No way. That's a fact. It's legal tender. Yeah, you Ireland. couldn't go into the, the corner shop though. And could you? Really? Yeah, but they probably wouldn't know about it. Like, but Yeah, and they're just, you know, they're stick. Like, so whenever, you have to have a liar with you probably. But. <laughs> whenever I go to the UK... I don't mean whenever I go up to Nyeri, I mean whenever I go to the mainland, you know, the motherland, yeah. um, just to see the, the boys. If you bring Irish sterling, then they're looking at, like, a lot of shops Irish won't sterling? take it. Yeah, so there's there's loads of different types of sterling. Oh, yeah. So there's Irish the sterling, Scottish sterling, which is sometimes, I think it's Clydesdale, Bank of Clydesdale uh-huh. sterling. There's yeah, not the it. Queen's sterling, and apparently there's Isle of Man sterling as well. Um, but... Like shops like Tesco and stuff will have to take it, but the self service tills don't recognise it. Local shops are like, No, I'm not taking that. It's just it's mental like. Man. Sterling is sterling. Like it's it's not our <coughs> fault you have four different types of currency. I agree. Within your one currency. Do you know what I mean? That's they're, your fault. They're, they're after costing me money on Paul Pogba as well. Like Paul Pogba was only supposed to cost like seventy nine million and now he's eighty nine million because of Brexit. And do you even care? Sure Brexit. No, I don't care. It's not my it's money. It's not your money. Not my money. I That's care. what you want. Um, Sean, any other crack before we get on to some faith? No, culture? that's it. That's about it. No, we we will have been more crack at the end. Maybe there might be a few questions there to give us a bit of crack. Which I suppose we can head on into the MMA talk. I suppose if we have to. Yeah, if we have to. What did you think of the fights at the weekend? Well, I have to say, for the first time in a long time, I believe you did not stay up for the full fights. No, I went you to sleep. Yeah. Was I, it just the uh, the card that didn't excite you from looking at it from before? Eight no, decisions, was, though. I suppose you were proved right. Yeah. I was proved right. I got eleven, my eleven and one as well in my picks, which wasn't bad. No, I. It was just, I I'm in a sleeping pattern now, and you know me with fucking sleeping. I like if I stay up for UFC, I'm up for like two weeks, then until like five o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, I was up normal time. So I'm said like, I'm not doing it anymore. I I had to work on Sunday as well and stuff. So I was like, no, just have, not doing um, it. I've resigned myself to an awful sleep. Like it was five o'clock before I went to sleep last night, despite being off work. Just. You're awake. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's very MMA hard. MMA ruins to... lives. Like, MMA does ruin lives. Um, That's what I reckon. Well, I Especially can't really say sport. that. Yeah, because I don't watch it live. But working till th- those times in the morning does ruin lives as well. The only benefit is, okay, before I just tell you about, I I know you hate my Instagram. I know you hate ins- my inspirational stuff. But I'm going to yeah. blow you out of the fucking water in the next two weeks. You just wait, Okay. Recently, yeah. I've discovered the benefits of flaring with cocktail tins on the beach as the sun is rising, okay? I know, I've, I've seen that, yeah. I'm going to the, to the new level, Sean, okay? The next level. Okay. 
you were meant to say, I'm on a new level, but you didn't. So what <laughs> I'm happened? on a new level. So I like that, Andrew. I like that. I I figured that instead <laughs> of instead of being on the beach watching the sun come up over the mountain, it would be a better idea to be on the mountain with your back to the sun and watch the sun illuminate the whole of Dundalk and the whole of the surrounding area as it's rising. Is that illuminating like Yair Rodriguez illuminated the octagon on Saturday night? Exactly the same way, Sean. That's a fucking excellent segue. I'm glad that I gave you that one before we started the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no problem. What, what did you think of it? You're, I know you're a big fan of spinning shit now and, you know, madness. Were you a big fan of Yair Rodriguez on Saturday night? I was actually more of a fan of Alex Caceres. To yeah. be honest. Yeah, I suppose I, you like that hippie shit, all right? Okay. I, <laughs> I may as well give you a little bit of props there. I didn't actually feed you that segue beforehand. I'm probably prouder than I've ever been of you in 80 episodes for that transition into talking about this fight. But as I said to you before the podcast, I want to see this fight happen again at sea level because I would like to see how quickly those men would be able to, their output, how big their output would be in the fifth round when they're not four and a half thousand feet above the air. I know that... Uh, was it Anik and Stan on the commentary at the weekend? Yeah. Um, I think it was Brian Stan was throwing caution to the wind in the second round saying like, if he keeps this up, he will not be able to match that output in the later rounds. And I think even as early as the middle of the third towards the end of the third round, you started to see him slow down a little bit. But I feel like he got a little more wind in his sails because I was okay. I know you were 49-46 Rodriguez. Yeah. I thought 48-47 Rodriguez would have been fair. I could see a case for Caceres winning two rounds. And I think it was the third and fourth that he was strongest in. And that's that kind of gave Rodriguez the lease of life to be able to think, okay, there's a chance that this is a draw going into the fifth. You know, there's a chance maybe in my head. I'm probably 3-1 up, but just in case it's 2-2, I need to go back out and throw absolutely everything at him. And I think he did that quite effectively. In terms of the, the striking battle, which I know you're going to want to wax lyrical on in a second, I'm just going to drop one thought on it. Caceres fought much better when he was throwing shots from the outside and Rodriguez was able to land in my opinion his most damaging shots with his hands when he was what do you call it like fighting in a phone box so if, if you can yeah, just imagine I'm not too sure for the technical explanation of this but if you can imagine if the majority of his punches came within the range of his two shoulders for Rodriguez they were hitting Caceres yeah. between his shoulders whereas Caceres was favoring hooks and crosses a lot more going over his uh, going over the shoulder or I don't know like a straight he was stepping off to the side he hit a straight left a couple of times when he stepped off to the side that went over the right shoulder of Rodriguez and caught him flush a few times but it seemed like these guys just wanted to when the worst not throwing stupid spinning shit the technical technical sign of the striking was something that I enjoyed, probably for the first time in a long time. I thought it was a high energy fight that just really brought it. It was, oh, it was much better than I had anticipated as a fight. Yeah, I, when I was doing my research for the fight, I, th- I thought it'd be a good fight. It wasn't up until then, but I, th- I thought it would be a good fight. And it was a good fight. It was, it was very, <clears throat> as you said there, it was a, a good matchup of two good guys. You know. Um, Alex Caceres actually did a lot better than I thought as you said the third and fourth rounds are closest I thought he won the third I thought Rodriguez took it off a little bit maybe maybe you know as I said as you said there with the altitude and stuff um, maybe he thought he was going to gas after the first two rounds with huge output so he slowed down a little bit in the third but I thought he came back again in the fourth and fifth the, the fourth definitely was close but I just um, I gave it to uh, to uh, Rodriguez I gave Caceres third but um, 
I don't think the 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 altitude actually affected him that much. Okay, he slowed down a little bit, but that's kind of natural. The way he fights, you there's no way you can fight like that for five rounds. And usually, when guys fight as fast as he does for the first two rounds, they slow down terribly. Like they, you know, they gas out. Yeah, but he, you know, he didn't really do that. And he when he seems still fighting strong in in the fifth, which is you know a great sign going forward. Um, I, I have a few negative 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 things to say, but let's, let's talk about the good things first. Like. Caceres, yeah, first of all, okay, he did well to get inside with Rodriguez the few times he did it. Maybe he did like 10, 15, maybe not 15 times, but maybe 10, 12 times in the whole fight. And as you said, he landed that straight, uh, that straight left down down the down the, good, the barrel of the gun, as they call it. Uh, he landed that a good bit. And Rodriguez, you know, he edited every time he was doing it. Whereas Rodriguez, um, I'll talk about his footwork and his defense in a minute, but he, you know, he was eating a lot of them. Okay, and he's often saying, obviously, he's superb with with his feet and with his power shots out of his hands. You know, you saw him throwing that Finn Balor style Pele kick a couple of times, almost caught it. You know, he was throwing roundhouse kicks. A lot of them are, were, you know, were off target and stuff, but it only takes kind of one of them to uh, to land and, and it's all over. And he's he does it well because he kicks the legs and he kicks the body as well which you need to do when you're a big kicker like him but what uh, to get on to the negatives yeah <laughs> uh, rodriguez his hands are still very weak i think he throws good power shots but his technique like he's his jab is terrible he doesn't really throw that many combinations he isn't good at fighting off of the back foot with his hands or getting off to the sides fighting with his hands to you know to use his footwork to get off to the sides now he can do that when he Say when he jumps in with a kick, he's good at stepping back and getting off to the to the left or right and getting out. But when he's attacking with hands, when he doesn't throw any kicks, he's not that good. And that's why he get gets caught with those big right hands. Now, like, okay, people hear me talking about Wonderboy all the time. I think that's why Wonderboy actually got so good after that Matt Brown fight. He learned to fight with his hands. He learned to fight off of the fence with his hands very well. He learned to jab a lot better than he used to. You know, he was a, a very much a kick-oriented fighter. If you go back and look at that Dan Stigian fight and, and fights like that, Yair Rodriguez has improved a little bit, but he's still not there yet. He's going to have to improve his jab an awful lot uh, if he wants to, you know, if he's thinking about fighting the likes of Jose Aldo, um, uh, Conor McGregor and, and Max Holloway and the likes of that. He's going to have to learn that you have to kind of firefight your way out of, uh, uh, you know, off the back foot, off the fence when you want to fight like him. You know, Wonderboy is the example again because he's the most fighter most like him. Look at Wonderboy, how does he get off the fence? You know, people talk about his takedown defense and all. I think it's his hands that actually stop him getting taken down. I know that's odd to say, but he stops, you know, it, it's easy to get, or it's hard to get close to someone when they're kicking you from the outside, but it's easy to get, to get close when you're boxing with him, you know, in the pocket or whatever. And you, you have to be comfortable with your hands. That's what he has to improve. But everywhere else, you know, He's superb. If he can improve that, he's definitely going to be one of the best uh, featherweights in the world, I think. His wrestling is very, very good. His jiu-jitsu is very good as well. Oh, Every time he gets taken down, he goes yes. for a, a leg, you know, and, and sweeps out, and get, you know, gets back up. But, I, yeah, I think he's phenomenal. What do you think of his ground game? It was, uh, I, my next point was going to be my annoyance that even though the fight was superb aesthetically to watch, like pleasing in terms of, okay, you know me, Sean, sometimes I find it quite hard to watch a fight once I've heard the result. And I had heard the result of this fight, but I'd also seen a lot of people saying how good it was. So I was sitting down with an open mind thinking, okay, let's see what this has to offer. And I was, I, I feel that the fans could have been robbed of a potential fight of the year candidate had we saw more action on the ground there. Because the scrambles and exchanges that the two men's had 
were nothing short of phenomenal. I think it was in the fourth or the fifth where he had ruled. He he really likes when Alex Casares had back control, had like standing like a body lock. He rolled forward for a knee bar, I think, twice. You know, like go, like physically like rolled forward onto the ground to try roll underneath him. Got for a, uh, went for a knee bar, then was able to pull the leg across into a 50-50 position, started uh, attacking heel hooks. And the system that he was going for was just so nice to watch, you know, step by step by step. But he wasn't something like that that's, you know, in jiu-jitsu, you can take your time with those things a little bit more because you don't have to worry about the guy punching in the face. But a position like 50-50 guard where you're pulling the guy's leg across to set up a heel hook and the guy can also be punching and moving and, like, it's sweaty and stuff like that. I know... It's it's much more harder, I feel, to pull all of those things off in mixed martial arts than it is in pure in pure grappling. I think uh, Bruce Leroy ended up going for an Oma Plata out of one of them yeah. because his uh, his he was just so good at basing on top. Do you know what I mean? Keeping his legs safe, working with strikes to try and pass out or to pass the guard. It was a brilliant fight on the ground, but it was more so the um, oh what am I thinking? When they were on the feet, there was another thing that I really enjoyed. Bruce Leroy's head movement, Sean, his upper yeah. body movement, look, uh, like it really looked like he had focused on his avoid, um, his defensive, his defensive boxing more than anything for this fight. There was multiple times he actually went in and almost went like shoulder to shoulder or shoulder to stomach, right? And I thought, fuck, this could actually be quite an effective thing. He went like in with his shoulder directly into Rodriguez's stomach and used that as his. Swivel, if you get me. If you imagine his right shoulder hitting Rodriguez's torso, but his head being low and then coming out to the left and then stepping back, do you know what I mean, to slip a shot. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're, you're wearing him down already, using your body against his body. And his head movement, I thought, was just... It was like watching someone from The Matrix fight at certain points. Do you know what I mean? And that's the... I, this is why I'm more optimistic about Casares after this fight, because... We saw that in flashes in his, at the start of his career when people were like, oh, he's like Bruce Lee, blah, blah, blah. His name's Bruce Leroy. He does cool shit. But now you're seeing him actively apply it to mixed martial arts fights and look like a competent fighter while he's doing it as well. Do you know? Yeah. So this is like a... This is a lovely progression fight to watch compared to maybe, say, his first fight in the UFC and think, holy shit, now where is he going to be in two years' time? Do you know? I, I, can't, I can see him actually skyrocketing over the next two years even further. Caceres or Rodriguez? Caceres, well, both of them. Yeah, I don't know. I think Caceres, like, Caceres has been in the UFC for like five, six years. Like, he's, you know, he's not a prospect anymore. Like, Caceres has been there for a long, long time. I don't know, 2011, yeah, five years. So, you know, he could, you know, he's probably just about reaching his prime now, I would say. But yeah, I was, I was, impressed with him too um i think i wrote in my preview and i think it's it's very true that they're kind of taking an opposite trajectory caceres used to be used to be this guy who was really really wild and really really relaxed in there and now he's taken more of an you know a technical approach you know throwing with his jab and throwing with his his straight left and things like that and i think caceres was very nervous. Obviously, he threw always through his kicks and stuff, but he was very nervous. He was a little bit more timid in his first couple of fights, and now he's just throwing everything. You know, he throws anything he wants to. Uh, he's been doing that for the last couple of fights, and now, but I think you'd, I think they're going the opposite way, and I think it suits them both, really. As you said there, yeah, 
like I wouldn't rule Caceres out of any fight. I think he's, you know, he's a very good fighter and I think he is getting better all right. But, you know, whether he'll ever be a champion or anything, I don't I don't think so. I think Rodriguez has huge amounts of improvements still left to him. And if he can make him, um, you know, there's the sky's the limit for him really. But who who do you think would be would be next for uh, for Caceres? You know, you've got guys like uh, Cub Swanson and... Um, Dennis Bermudez won at the weekend. He's ranked number 13 now. Um, you do a try in front of his well, guys like Darren Elkins and Brian Ortega. Do you mean who's next for Rodriguez? For Rodriguez, yeah. What Sorry, um, uh, Casares. Oh, yeah. First of all, just on that, Kawajiri for Casares. Yeah. Just match them two boys off a loss on the same card. No hassle. Um, but, in like, I don't... Are you checking to make sure they haven't fought before? Yeah. Thank you very much. They haven't. Excellent matchmaking extraordinaire Andrew McGahan does it again here exclusively on the Severe May podcast. Um, do you think that they did stack this card so the next matches were kind of made for them? The Swanson one would make sense. I think yeah, I think Cub Swanson would make sense if you, you want to push Rodriguez. Swanson's on, like... done, by the way. Can we just talk about that? Very, like just thirty seconds on it. That yeah. was like a fight for him to get paid. Do you know what I mean? And maybe for himself to think that he has relevance in the division in the future. But effectively a gatekeeper from here on out. Do you know what I mean? And I don't want to see any, like, this is my title run story, Cub Swanson. Here's an interview. Like, I'm going to fucking do it again, man. Like, you're not. Okay? We'll just yeah. get over that. Like, Still, I, I he, still he think is, that's a good fight, though. He's effectively the Jim Miller of 145. Yeah, maybe, possibly. I think 145 is a little bit lighter than 155, so it's... It's not too far off. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing. I think that Yair is not a bad matchup for him, though. Um, I think I think that uh, Cobb is a guy who will push forward and who has good hands, good boxing, and I think that's a test that Yair needs. And put their teammates as well. Hold on, so this probably won't happen. I forgot about that. Yeah, so that probably won't happen. But um, Dennis Bermudez called out Frank Edgar and a fight which I think makes total and utter sense. I don't know, was I saying this in the podcast or was I saying it? I think I said it actually in the Severe MMA group. We spoke a lot about Frank Edgar. I think Frank Edgar needs to stay in, in 145. You know, I, I said before he probably should go down to Bantamweight and stuff. But that McGregor fight isn't still far away from him. Say if McGregor, say win or lose on, on next Saturday, he goes down to Featherweight afterwards. You know, say if he beats Aldo, uh, even loses Aldo, whatever, fights Holloway. You know, Edgar's next. Who else is there? Like, there's not really anyone else. You know, if Edgar has one or two fights in the meantime, say if he fought Bermudez or was to fight a, you know, one of those prospects like Ortega or Rodriguez one day, you know, he's right back into the the title picture, and that's big money for him there. Again, you know, against McGregor or maybe an Aldo, but he probably won't get the Aldo shot again. But you know, that McGregor fight's still not too far away from him, and I wouldn't move if I was him. But for Rodriguez, I liked I liked the Jeremy Stevens fight uh, for him as well. I think Stevens will come in and he will push forward and he, you know, he'll, as you said, he'll, like Caceres, he'll hit, the, hit those straight shots down the middle and make it tough for him. You know, I, I do like that fight and I like, uh, I like Kawajiri against, uh, against Caceres as well. But I think Rodriguez, he, there's there's a certain way they push guys, like they push McGregor up quick. They were trying to push guys like Sergio Pettis up quick. I think Rodriguez is on that now. They gave him the main event. I think the next one up will be a big push. Whether or not it's an Oliveira, someone like that, maybe maybe even an Anthony Pettis who's fighting Oliveira in a couple of weeks' time. You know, it could be one of them. Does. Yeah, dream match for you, Pettis one? No, no, dream matchup would be him versus Max Holloway in two years' time for the UFC belt. I think I think Holloway is a terrible matchup for him, to be honest. 
at the way he is at the moment, but obviously those hands could improve. Well, yeah, There's a lot I'm of improving. Not, I'm not saying like a dream matchup for him to get a win. I'm saying dream matchup yeah. for me to watch. Be good, be yeah. a good fighter, right, Joe? I like it. I like that. I like that. Why no. did you make me do that? I know you. You're fucking love it, DJ Khaled. Big fan. I uh, I was wondering what the stench in my room was, and it's the pizza from last night. So I got rid nice. of that. Nice. What kind of pizza did you get? A Domino's. I uh, created my own one. What did you? Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. Let's get on to. Uh, oh, go on. Let's get on to our next topic, and we've we meant to talk about this last week, but we're actually better off we didn't because uh, during the week uh, more news happened. New more news happened. Yeah, the um, the AC, ABC, which is the boxing uh, commission, basically who oversees MMA as well, decided to change some rules in MMA. With Big John McCarthy there, Randy Couture, and a couple more people. Uh, before rescanning, I think we must give props to Mark Romandi, who did fantastic, uh, fantastic journalism there, breaking down all the stories, and he's been doing it for months. We'll we'll tweet out the link that we're gonna basically use today to to discuss what rules have changed. But there's some good rules. We'll go through them one on one, and we'll. we'll discuss them um there's been a change to the scoring rules which i i i kind of like it's now uh, there's going to be more 10 8 rounds and the fight is going to be judged on damage duration and dominance with the word damage is kind of taken out and I, they've put in a different I word because they don't say, like the word yeah, damage um, impact impact yeah so basically what it is is say if you uh if you're winning round for five rounds, if it's a close round, you know, but you, you've won the whole round, you have the duration. So you've won. So you'll probably win 10-9. If you have that duration and then you do a lot of damage, if you break a guy's nose or, you know, he's badly damaged, then that's either a 10-9 or a 10-8. So, you know, you can give one or two, it's dependent. And if you've then the two of those things happen and then you're dominant as well, like it's it's not, you know, it's not kind of a, a back and forth. It's not, he gets in a few shots as well. You like, you maybe you take a guy down, you hold him on, you elbow the head off him, you know, for the five minutes or you you beat him against the fence, you know, he's, he's back up against the fence. Then that's a definite 10-8 and you have to look at a 10-7. So this is going to make a lot more 10-7s. I like these rules. I think I think these are good. What, what is your take on them? I was just, on this uh, scoring rule anyway. I was skimming through it, through it there and you're just kind of thinking that, ugh. These, not that it's better late than never, but a lot of these things, from when we've been talking about judging fights, you're thinking like, 10 eights should have been a more common thing to begin with. Do you know what I mean? So I'm I'm happy that they, that they're now actively saying that there will be more of them in the round. And the breakdown in the document that's on the MMA fighting link actually goes into tremendous detail of what will qualify as a 10-8 round. Do you know, I know you were touching on it there. But it's like, I think they're, what was it? I'm just trying to look for this exact line. When assessing a score of a 10-8, judges shall evaluate damage, dominance, and duration. This uh, new rule change is actually Sesame Street style sponsored this week by the letter D. So congratulations to the letter D on that. <laughs> but if two of the three are assessed to have been present, then a 10-8 score shall be considered. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So you're still leaving it in the hands of the judges, man. You know, they're just... Well, you, I think you kind of have to do that because uh, like, I'm still not a huge fan of 10 eights because for the scoring system we're in. You know, with a 10-9 must system, like, if you get a 10-8, you're probably not going to win the fight. Like, you know, it's, it's going to make it very, very difficult for you if you give up a 10-8. A good yeah. thing is, or potentially yeah. a bad thing, Sean, damage includes visible evidence such as swellings and lacerations. All it takes is one shot for a laceration. Yeah. That's so true. that's my like if oh that guy's bleeding ten eight. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I don't want to happen. Okay, so hopefully that it is like a little bit more. Uh, now, I just let me clarify what I was saying about 10 there. I think, like, I'm all in favor of a 10 8 if, you know, if a 10 8 is deserved. But yeah, I hope what, what you were just getting at there, I hope they don't give 10 8s kind of willy nilly, you know, and, you know, yeah, they see like a, a little bit of damage or, like, say, like the Diaz boys, they did cut very badly. Like, they could get hit with like a half a shot and, you know, they're caught and that's it. Frank Yeager. Or Diego. Like a peach. Yeah. Frank Yeager, exactly. Diego Sanchez, even McGregor, you know, guys with very white skin and stuff to get, you know, they cut an awful lot or they, you know, damage might look an awful lot worse than them. Racist. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, that, hopefully that, that doesn't end up happening, uh, you know, for guys who cut, you know, worse than other guys. Hopefully, you know. The ju but judging has been better. I think we discussed it before. Judging has been better over the last, uh, the last while and these are these are actually a little bit better. I think this this criteria it's more clear than what it used to be. I think people are kind of scoring it this way all along, but this makes it uh, makes it more clear. Um, a couple of other rules that come in as well. Under yeah. the original rules, fighters could place a single fingertip on the ground to establish themselves as grounded. And um, yeah, this is a grounded fighter this, rule. Yeah, this, this is, is the one rule. where this is the one where you know guys were leaning up against the fence and the guy had their back and they put their finger down on the ground so he couldn't knee him in the face. Yeah, that rule is gone now. If you put your finger down, he can still knee you in the face. You have to put your full palm down. Both or you hands. Have a, you have yeah, or you have to have a knee down uh, to be down as well. Uh, before it was just anything barred soles your feet and that was it. So yeah, you have to have both yeah both palms or both fists down or any or something like that so you can't just have like your finger down on the ground and this was the one that caused a lot of controversy because uh, i think it was new jersey and nick limbaugh didn't want this to go through they, they were um you know they were against it and i can see where they're coming from because it's a tight line like it's a tight line between being up and down say a guy could be coming up and he could have his fingers you know on the ground just getting up and he could get kneed in the head and he you know he's not fully protecting himself and that this rule was a bit weird all along because it was you know there were certain guys they were definitely playing the game and it was it looked bad but I'm I'm not 100% in favour of this rule uh, to be honest I think it's better for them to look bad than there for, for it to be danger anywhere like something that we didn't give uh, Rodriguez enough credit for was his imitation of John Jones with the oblique kicks to the knee as well throughout the fight Sean yeah. also unfortunately we didn't see any of his uh, other patented moves such as the eye pokes mm. which have been uh, which were also discussed at the ABC conference <sighs> what do you think about this I think this is good. They're they're taking away the uh, basically the rule is you can't have an open hand. So you like John Jones, you know the eyes straight, in, the fingers straight into the eyes. You either have to have a closed fist or the fingers pointed upwards. So basically, you can't have any six to three fingers. You have to have you have to have six. Oh no, wait, three to three to nine. You can't have three to nine fingers. You have to have six to twelve fingers. There you go. So you can't have them anymore, which is, which is a good rule in my opinion. It'll take away a lot of white box and stuff. Do you, do anything you like about? It uh, so? I'm just I'm just trying to see. Was there anything said about cage grabbing? No. Because Casares was a whore for grabbing that cage the other day off a takedown. Just the most like, uh, fair enough. When a guy's up against it and it can be reactionary grabbing a cage, and it's like, okay, you get away with that. But multiple times, like guys will deliberately just grip. To stop a takedown yeah. because they know it's going to help them. I would have liked to have seen something spoke about that. But instead, we got to the ever-present issue. One of Graham from Severe MMA's biggest oh, pet yeah. hates of mixed martial arts. In the words of, Ro of Mark Rimiondi himself, 
is, did I say his last name right there? Ramondi. The days uh, of also, t-shirts. Also. Go on. Yeah, go on. No, no go on, on you. Okay, <laughs> the days of, oh my God, no, you go first. People, people are giving out awfully. Do you hear about this? You called Tyron Woodley Tyrone for like a whole podcast, and I never corrected you. And people are giving out to me for not correcting you. Yes, you also uh, hijacked my Facebook live last week. <laughs> that was funny. You and Graham are bad. Uh, we are bastards. Bad I men. I what? I never did it this week before the oh, podcast. I forgot. Well, I'll do one later on in the week okay. as well. Um, the days of t-shirts, half shirts, and loose-fitting tank tank tops are over in women's MMA. Women must either wear a sports bra or a form-fitting rash guard in the cage. For bottoms, the rules are the same as for men. Nothing below the knee, which means no more grappling or yoga pants. Yeah, which actually doesn't... Um, it doesn't make Graham feel better because they can still wear rash guards. That was his yeah. whole pet. Yeah. But I think that's a good that's a good uh, rule as well. I think he was getting... It was getting a bit weird when they were wearing like vests, you know, and they were kind of half falling off and getting pulled down and stuff. So I think rash guards would probably be the best as well because even the, the sports brads, you, like you saw Ronda Rousey wearing it and, you know, she nearly had her... her, um, her what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Her uh, privacy... Uh, taken away from her with them, you know, when Lids Carmouche had like, uh, you know, had like an inverted yeah. triangle on her and stuff like that. You know, I I think they're just better off wearing rash guards, you know, it's a, or else like b- kind of belly tops or something. I don't know how, you know, what they're called, but you know, those, you know, you know those tops that go like halfway down their, their stomach and like go up. I think, you know, it's obviously tough. It's, you know, from being warm and stuff, and they're obviously easier to do sports and sports bras and stuff like that. But when it affects the fight, you're probably, you know, you're probably better off just wearing something that'll, you know, cover everything up and that doesn't have a that's not going to slip down you know so this is I think this is a step in the right direction but it's uh, you know unfortunately it's, it's though better. yeah the ACB are out to get Crone Gracie's ascension to the top of the mixed martial arts world because heel kicks to the kidneys from closed guard are now illegal Disgusting, disgusting, and you can't grab the clavicles or you can't grab the, the neck anymore which oh, I don't wait. know is illegal they're not banned sorry they're the other way around the last time any of us saw this technique was Hoist Gracie versus Ken Shamrock. It's not prevalent to the fact there was a rule against blah, blah, blah. All other blows to the kidneys are 100% legal, but heel kicks used by fighters holding opponents in guard were banned. Not any longer. Oh, good. Heel kicks to the kidneys aren't much more than an annoyance or cause to change positions, as demonstrated Tuesday by Randy Gutter and Jeremy Horn. The two of them demonstrating that at a conference is probably one of the things that I would like to see most out of all of this, though. The kidney strike with the heel is not an effective strike. It doesn't make sense for it to be illegal. We get hit in the kidneys. I can get in on a shot. If you're trying to take an opponent down and he's perfectly free to hit me in the back, that's that's all he wants. It's not illegal now. So there you go. And also grabbing the clavicle was illegal before and it has now been removed. Either way, Sean, good changes made to the rules. Still nothing voted in terms on... I believe on the weight classes or the 12 to 6 elbows. I don't think there was enough support for the 12 to 6 elbows this time around. Um, but maybe something could be done about that in the future. But uh, while all of this conference was going on, guess what I was doing? What were you doing, Andrew? I was on Reddit, okay, yeah. shockingly enough. I was uh, on the re- the deep web subreddit of Reddit. So you've okay. heard of the deep web? Kind of, yeah. Okay, so it's it's a bit of a weird place. There's a lot of dodgy shit that goes on it. You could describe it as pornographic, sadistic, and voyeuristic to its core. Oh, wait, no. That's what the Irish Martial Arts Commission called mixed martial arts in a document to the International Olympic Committee in April this year, 
Wow, you guys are fucking idiots. Pornographic. That's a nice is segue. That, didn't yeah. Pornographic. Yes, yeah. pornographic, sadistic, and voyeuristic to its core. Okay. I, I read this this morning, and I purposely didn't tweet it out because I didn't want to. Just I just didn't want to talk about it because it was so ridiculously stupid. But let's give it a little bit of credit here, okay? Go on. These are I'm I'm reading through it off this now, and I have got a I'll just come clear on this now. I have a vested interest in it. If you heard this on six one this morning, um, Jackie Fox is a friend of mine, and I put her in touch with the Team Rhino lads for for this piece. By I don't way, know the other guy, Justin, who's yeah. uh, on the on the piece as well that was on the radio, and it was Justin that sourced all of this stuff. First of all, Irish explain Martial exactly what it is. What this piece? It, it's an article. Basically. Oh, it's an article. Yeah, that we're going to share out on the podcast uh, account. Irish martial arts body opposes recognition of mixed martial arts. Documents obtained by RTE News show strong opposition to proposals to formally recognise, regulate, and fund mixed martial arts in Ireland. And yeah. um, the Irish Martial Arts Commission, who had been asked to consider taking MMA under its umbrella wrote to the International Olympic Committee in April saying that MMA in its current form is not a sport and, like dog fighting, did not deserve to be legitimised. Um, it said it agreed with reports describing MMA as sadistic, pornographic and voyeuristic to its core. We have to be strong enough to say no, to draw a line and live with the criticism of the MMA fan core and vested business interests. If MMA is not interested in changing the rules regarding elements such as ground and pound, which is in quotation marks, then a ban is the only option to whom they are saying should regulate MMA, it said. You know, the most um, hilarious part about this is... Tell us. They talk about the monetary and the business point of view when that's exactly why they're opposing it. These are... Karate because nobody like pays money to watch in. Katas, motherfucker. Yeah, this is this is fucking Aikido lads, you know, doing, doing wrist throws and, and karate lads just realizing that their martial arts are now being taken over by a martial arts, you know, that actually work and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's just it's so weird. Like it's, they're they're so afraid of it, you know. They're afraid they're gonna lose money. That people are going to do MMA instead of Taekwondo and fucking, you know, all, all these bullshit things that, you know, you know, that are kind of useless that people realizing are basically useless. And, you know, there's way better ways of doing self-defense or, you know, keeping fit or, you know, like making crab money these things. Yeah, exactly. But it's so like it's so weird. America had this for a long, long time where, the you know, those these karate people and even to a degree, jujitsu people like the, the Gracies and stuff were like that, a bit like that as well. Um, certain well, certain sides of the family, but you know, this is this means absolutely nothing to me. I, I think, I, you know, I think the MMA are better off setting up their own board anyway, doing it, you know, doing it their own way. And these, you know, these guys are never going to change, and they, you know, don't no. don't even ask them to change. You, there shouldn't there's, even be talks of them putting, you know, with these idiots. There's a few a few other things from that. I first of all, I like to imagine that these guys were sitting in like traditional kimonos in, their geese, in an yeah, office. 100%. Yeah, like yeah. no, don't don't disgrace the phrase gi, Sean, because gi is jujitsu. No, yeah. they can wear whatever karate suit they want. Ill-fitted karate suit that would Pajamas. fall apart. That would fall apart the second somebody try tried to grip and throw them because the the martial arts that they prefer have little to no contact. Yeah. So just on the dark, a guy called Justin McCarthy put it up on Twitter. The two uh, two screenshots from the the what they had uh, corresponded. 
dogfighting remains underground because it is fundamentally wrong. Also, the grammar all over, like, wrong is capitalised in that. It's very, it's, it's hilarious. It is not a sport, nor should it be encouraged to regulate itself into one just because some people enjoy the spectacle. MMA, as it is currently fought, is not a sport. The whole article goes on to say as embarrassing things as that, but the main thing, Sean, the last paragraph, which I know we had a laugh yeah. at, is we have an example to set for young people in sport. We have an ethos to promote for all those who participate in sport across the country. Sport does not have a common decency. It must be promoted as an expression of humanity at our best. The exact opposite to what MMA is currently playing out to be epitomising. First of all, congratulations to the Irish Martial Arts Commission on relocating their offices and practices to North Korea because that is the impression that I'm getting from this now. Yeah. Ugh. By the way, they're, we they're just got even... those North Korean hits. Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, uh, like, this is just so typical. Like, if you know, Myself and yourself have been hearing this for years and years and years, really. Like, I'm kind of, I'm numb to it at this stage. It's like, okay, someone else is saying it now. Okay, fair enough. You know, but there, the argument is out there. You've seen it a thousand times online. We've talked about it in the past. You know, you don't need to us to explain to you that this is just... Utter idiocy altogether. You know? it, um, and before we get on to the next topic, I'm going to post the link on the podcast account first and foremost. Um, there is an audio piece on it. The piece that played on Morning Ireland is on that link. There's interviews in it with Keith McCabe, Paul Redmond, Andy Ryan and Patrick Wixted all talking about the benefits of mixed martial arts. Um, check it out. And from what I have heard, Sean, yeah. is the... 6-1 News tonight on Monday are interested in taking this topic up. And shockingly enough, as of the time of recording, mm-hmm. nobody from the Irish Martial Arts Association Committee, Federation, whatever, um, are Stone responding cutters. to comment, <laughs> the stone, or have responded to maybe come on to the 6-1 News and oh. clarify their position clearer. That's a I shock, isn't it? The kimonos mustn't be ironed. They That's all I'll yeah. say. They're out. They're out drying, yeah. There's bad old drying out there this evening. There is not. I have, the, I have the window open and everything here. It's lovely weather in Dundalk. Yeah. The sun is shining. Anyway, speaking of the sun shining, Sean. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not on Sky Sports. Let's get over it. Okay, the UFC <laughs> have re-signed with PT Sport, <laughs> and here comes the loop of monotony. Oh, I think I've effectively ruled myself out of jobs with BT Sport and Sky Sports within the last seven days. Right. <laughs> and and a couple TV of boys... What? You'll be on TV3, you'll be fine. I, a couple of boys have uh, followed me from BT Sport as well since last week's rant, so probably not the best, uh, not the best thing to do. But little, since we, uh, a little bit more has come out from it since last week. Take it away. Tell the fine folk what has happened and why yeah. they should be outraged. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to the good news first. This was there's some good news and bad news. Good news, first of all, cage wires after getting on uh, BT Sport, they had their last event was on BT as well. But now, I believe it's a 12 month deal. I could be wrong, but there's an article up. I don't know. I think Graham, but there's up articles up everywhere now. But cage wires going forward are on uh, are on BT Sport, which I think is a great thing for cage wires, great thing for the fans. You know, it's great for, for the sport. You know. A lot of people are obviously going to have BT, you know, because the UFC is on there for another uh, three years and, you know, it's kind of the home to uh, MMA. 
in you know in the broader sense obviously UFC is the big one in uh, the UK and Ireland at the moment so that's great for Cage Warriors I think it's great for them to bounce back as well you know they're kind of still they're still coming back good show on September 10th with um, Paddy Pimblett uh, on that Liverpool show and a few more guys as well um, and it's going up against Batman it's going to be before um, UFC's or UFC 203 so that's going to give it a big you know that's going to give it a big push um, you know people are probably deciding which will I watch Bama or Cage Warriors and, you know Bama obviously I think Bama probably has a little bit better of a card uh, but pe- people you know the ease of watching Cage Warriors they can watch one one online one on the TV you know so that's that's huge for Cage Warriors but uh, and kudos to them but the the one negative thing to come out of it and it's not got to do with Cage Warriors but um, Eric Winter the Fight Pass um I think he's the CEO. He runs Fight Pass anyway. Whatever. Vice he's, president. He's a vice, vice president, yeah. He sent out an email to Irish customers of Fight Pass this week saying that all main events are now BT only and not going to be on Fight Pass. So in the past, said like that uh, Caceres fight the last day, now the, the prelims, the, the early prelims, the prelims and the main card would have all been on um would have all been on Fight Pass and the prelims and the main card would have been on BT too. But now the main card is only going to be on BT. So only the prelims and the early prelims will be on Fight Pass. With that as well, um, a lot of people, and I didn't realize that this many people did it, but a lot of people used to buy the UFC pay-per-views on Fight Pass, which you could do before. I think it was, I'm not sure the price actually. I think it was 14 it was euro or something like that. 12.99. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But now you can't 20. even do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just black. It's blacked out now. You can't even buy the pay per view card. So a lot of people, you know, they didn't have BT, so they, you know, they had Fight Pass, and then they went and they bought the pay per views on that. Uh, which you know, it was handy for some people because obviously a lot of people in Dublin. I was talking to a, lot, a few people during the week, and they were telling me, you know, they can't, they can't, they need to get you know certain broadband, and they can't get air broadband, and you know they they have to get Virgin because the the sky won't work in there or whatever. You know, some people have uh, Virgin and. Obviously, we spoke about it last week. The the BT is gone from um, or the UFC. Sorry, is gone for Virgin. They don't take the they don't get the air or the BT or the Satanta or whatever you call it pack anymore. So people now say people with Virgin who are planning maybe to get Fight Pass and buy the pay per views they can't do it anymore. So now they're left without UFC, and the only way they can do it is either sign up with Air, and some places you can't get proper air broadband in those places, or else change the sky. And for some people, that's that's not possible either. Financially, it's yeah, not possible. Financially, I think there are other reasons as well. I don't think I, I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but I think it's only you know only certain regions do Virgin and stuff, or maybe if you're in an apartment or something like that where you can't have exactly you know where you can't have a, a satellite dish or you can't change a dish or something like that. You know, so this is a lot of people are affected by this, and I had a lot of people complain about it. And I, you know, I think that's fair enough. But you know, there's I was talking to a lot of people during the week as well, and I think there's two ways you could you can look at this. Why did this? Okay, I think the most probable way is probably BT. We we spoke about it before the podcast. BT probably, you know, they probably said, "I want, we want this exclusive. We want exclusive rights to this," which is, you know, fair enough on their part. And I think last time Ireland were different to the UK. The UK it was always like this in the UK, and I think UK in fact have a little bit more than they used to. But for Ireland, it wasn't. I think they might have made a little bit of a mistake the last time, and you know, kind of didn't realise that Ireland was part of the UK or something like that. And you know, Ireland had it, and there now it's gone. And you, the BT demanded that, and they wanted it because Ireland's becoming a huge market. We see Sky is starting their own Ireland channel now. They're going to have the three AM uh, soccer games in Ireland. They have the GEA now. It's a huge market, and I think the other. <laughs> You know, it could be, 
and I don't think this is true, but it could be. It could be BT looking to do pay-per-view down the line. I saw someone talking about it at the weekend. There's this agent guy who um, is kind of an undercover agent, whatever you want to call him, on, on Twitter, but he knows a lot of stuff, and uh, he, you know, he's supposed to be an actual football agent, and he's talking about the B- BT getting into the pay-per-view business of it that it could be that down the road like I, I hope it's not that I don't think it's that I think they'd be very very foolish to do that but you know that I think that's a worthy talking point as well how do you see it like are you are you one of these people affected by it or do you know people affected I know people affected by it and I had uh, flashbacks to my youth when you talked about the satellite dish so yeah. I know I've um, my house even though it's in Dundalk and it's on a main street it's kind of Across a garden, if that makes sense. You go into my nanny, in, into my granny's house, and then across the other side of the garden is my house. So the house is surrounded. So there's trees, a lot of trees around the place, and we would have been blocked by signal for years. Yeah. Our sky, but our sky signal would only work um, stri- strong. So you'd only get certain channels for certain times of the year. And my dad was going to get it cut off because he's like, "Look, I'm not paying full price for something that I'm not able to get a f- uh, full amount of the time." And because the, the trees were in certain ways, they were blocking the signal and there was only one satellite or something that they could beam it off. And they were like, I think now it's it's hanging off. Uh, when my mum and dad they got a little conservatory onto the kitchen, like maybe a couple of years ago. So they were able to put it there instead. Do you know, so now it's been rectified and it's OK. But there are a lot of people in those situations who maybe can't get it for one reason or another. They can't afford it for another another reason or another. Yeah. The one thing that I will say is now good in terms of maybe, okay, Fight Pass is worth it for some people, is that all main cards, including pay-per-views, are now available on demand 48 hours after they've yeah. aired. So, to be honest, I know we've praised him on the podcast before, Eric Winter, who's in control here. This decision wouldn't have been his. It would have been made between the upper end of the UFC, yeah. I would imagine, and the TV companies. But I would imagine that this, they're now available 48 hours afterwards, is Eric Winter turning around and saying, right, well, if you're taking this away, then I absolutely must have this. Otherwise, our product has become devalued immediately. And I've seen a lot of Irish fans on Twitter, on Facebook, voicing their displeasure of this. They're right to it. Cancelling the subscription. Like, I know, Sean, I have done it before, okay? I have ordered pay-per-views on Fight... Well, I've paid money towards a pay-per-view being ordered on Fight Pass to watch after work. Do you know what I mean? Because it's... You can you can have all of the controls for it. You can go to the different, uh, the different corners. You can listen to stuff. Streaming, HD. Do you know what I mean? If you've got good broadband, you're guaranteed full quality. It's just... It is... It has been easier in the past to do that. And this was in someone's house who didn't have BT Sport. Do you know? So there's the simple solution there. Okay, we don't have BT Sport. I don't have BT Sport. Do you know what I mean? I've done it before. I've ordered stuff on, on UFC TV in my own house to watch pay-per-views when I'm off on a Saturday night. And it's just... This is complete... This can kill... I don't want to say it's going to kill the sport in Ireland, but... Because Fight Pass isn't really a tool towards casual fans more than anything, but it's definitely going to annoy the people that have supported your brand so loyal for the last five to ten years. Do you know, I met someone this, just this morning, Sean, dropped him home from the bus to his house, fan of the podcast, and he said to me, what about that Dylan Took fight? Do you know what I mean? And that's a guy who was a general mixed martial arts fan for years, has expanded into a more 
broad, broader area of mixed martial arts. And the first thing he said to me after the Dylan Took thing was to ask me about the new deal and fight pass and what was going to happen from it. And you had sent me a, a little bit of stuff beforehand. And I said, yeah, I think all the events from now on are going to be exclusively on BT. And he's like, what's the point of me keeping it? You know, <laughs> that seems to be the general consensus amongst a lot of Irish patrons at the moment. Yeah, like for me personally, I obviously use Fight Pass an awful lot. Doing, I have to, you know, doing research for things and stuff. But Patrick, you know, he uses an awful lot. He's like, and he doesn't have BT. You know, he usually comes over here for the big, big BT guards, and he's like, so why should I keep it now? You know, what, what's the point of even having it? And you know, that's unfortunate for, you know, that's unfortunate for the UFC and for for Fight Pass because it's a, it's a great service. But I think you know, the, with these changes, like you know, if I was a person in that situation as well, I'd probably get rid of it as well. You know, you're only getting what well, you're getting like three prelims that and, you know, usually I mean, there might be one of them that's, you know, good. That's what that would definitely worth watching, you know, every so often. But, you know, it's, it's a tough sell for, you know, for that amount of money if you're not using it. It says much as someone like me or, you know, or if there's main cards or, or uh, you know, even even the, you know, the big prelims. If they're if you're getting BT now, if you're being forced into getting to get BT, what's the point? But yeah, funny you should say about the tube fight. Actually, a friend of mine asked me, did he win at the weekend as well after he just did? So it's it's weird how big MMA is actually becoming here. Like from a person who maybe, you know, he would have been a UFC fan all along, but maybe, you know, things are kind of changing now. There's a lot of people becoming becoming more known and stuff. So I think it's, maybe it's a bad time for this to happen when, you know, when the sport is still growing here. And, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, we talk about the UK and we talked about the New Deal in, you know, a lot last week and... I think someone actually said that we were kind of a bit spot on about, you know, UK fans and stuff that it hasn't broken through in the UK like it has here. I think, it, you know, it has broken through here. And I think this is, you know, you said there, it's not really good for the sport, uh, you know, this change. I know, you know, it may seem like a small thing, but it's actually a big thing to a lot of people. And I, I know I was surprised myself with how many people actually replied. And, you know, for the sport, you know, the sport has grown a lot here, obviously, thanks to Conor McGregor for the most part. But I think, you know, it's it's... It's a pity this has happened, you know, around now, especially with the McGregor fight uh, just upcoming. But, um, you know, hopefully they'll be able to find maybe a fix for it or maybe even Virgin if they can get, you know, if they can get BT back, If you know, that might help a lot of people as well. Speaking of Conor McGregor, I don't think anybody put it better than Mike Sheridan, editor of entertainment.ie on Twitter last night. Conor McGregor has a pay-per-view in 13 days and every WWE athlete is ranting about him on Twitter. Sorry, but that is borderline genius. Yeah. Again, we're (laughs) back. We're back here now, Sean. Conor McGregor promoting a fight and just absolutely controlling everything about his neck. Like, this this is fantastic. And let me just put something out there first and I'll let you take the lead on it. Yeah. Are the WWE athletes staying in character on Twitter? Or do they actually believe... Does Chris Jericho actually believe that he'd be able no. to beat up Conor McGregor? Not, not Jericho. Definitely not Jericho. I, I, think it's lit- I think it's about half and half. I think it is about half and half. I, I put it up last night. I think some of them are marking out for the wrong gimmick. Like, some of these boys actually think this is what they're doing is real. Like, they actually think they're hard and tough men that could hurt people. Like, 
like I, and we're both WWE fans, which I think makes our opinions a little, a little, <laughs> a bit little stronger. stronger this, yeah, because we both like the WWE. Like I, I'm a big fan. I like, like a lot of people don't like Robert. Reigns. I like Robert Reigns. You know, I like a lot of the WWE. I watch it. I watch Raw and SmackDown every week. I like it, but it's come on, lads. <laughs> you know, you're you know. I like the spectacle of it. I like the SmackDown and stuff. But you're not real fighters. Come on, you know. No disrespect. I love. I respect. I respect totally what guys like Finn Balor and what John Cena and all these guys do but it's not what Conor McGregor does <laughs> you know, you know Con- apart from Brock Lesnar like who obviously was a heavyweight UFC champion and who did MMA for what five or six years and came back and did it uh, recently again he, he like he, when he says he slapped the head off everyone he kind of would like even no matter how big or like how big or strong they are like there's no one you know he, He's a professional fighter, for God's sake. Come on, it's, it's ludicrous. As I put up, like, on Twitter last, last night, do you think Jake Gyllenhaal, after he did the movie Southpaw, do you think he could beat Manny Pacquiao? Like, no, it's the same situation. Like, you're acting as fighters. You're not actually fighting. Like, you know. But, so, but it, it, he, got, he knows that. And he knows how touchy the WWE audience is. He knows how touchy their fans are. He knows how touchy that, you know, the, the, the uh, superstars are. And it was just brilliant. His tweet was, I don't mean no disrespect to WWE fans, which, hold on, the double negative there, as Graham pointed out, was just brilliant. Uh, what I meant to say was that I'd slap the head off your entire roster and twice on Sundays. <laughs> it's just, uh, come on. Like, I even saw McGregor's most ardent haters coming out and saying, this is just a stroke of genius. Like, you know, you Ric Flair tweeting one of the biggest wrestlers ever, Roman Reigns, Chris Jericho, you know, loads of Dolph Ziggler uh, fighting. You know, Kingston. Yeah, exactly. The Big who's e. who. Coffee Geeks is good now though he's in uh, Budios yeah what are they called New Day New Day brilliant but yeah it's, it's just a stroke of genius but I, the responses were absolutely brilliant like Roman Reigns you're the size of my uh, you're the size of my tires yeah, yeah but some of them that one now is kind of borderline okay he kind of I think he was a little bit pissed off but he kind of played up to it as well um, Rick Flair's one it's someone's running his account so he doesn't started, have a clue Rick, someone started giving off or whoever was running Rick Flair's account was giving off that Connor stole his gimmick and Connor yeah. based his own persona off Ric Flair's entire gimmick and the one thing that I don't know because I think I thought they were mates okay but Seamus his one was a little bit uh, I, w- I wasn't sure never show a Jack Russell a mirror it thinks it's a majestic Irish wolfhound really it's just an annoying wee yapper trying to sell tickets uh, they, they've had a bit of back and forth before that seemed like a bit of a sting in that one now and it's a stingy yeah. let's be honest okay let's let's talk legit here for a second uh, Connor would be able to like easily beat the majority of all of those guys yeah of course someone like Kurt Angle with a legitimate wrestling experience yeah. Would give uh, Conor McGregor, I think, a hard time in his day, in his prime. In his back in his day, if he had MMA training. Exactly. But then you, you, this counter to that is, well, in the shoot grappling match that happened with Daniel Puder, if you remember that, Kurt nearly got yeah, his so arm broken at Kimura. Yeah. So there's like, there, there is that side of it as well. But someone like Seamus, who's huge, do you know, like, is Conor going to beat him in a fight? <laughs> Of course, come on. He doesn't ah, Sean, know I'm the fight. selling the fight here. Come on, we're trying to <laughs> throw park this. That's like saying, could Demetrius Johnson beat me because I'm bigger than him? Come on. Of course, he's going to beat the shit out of me. Like, what the fuck? Uh, but, uh. <laughs> and some people believe it. I had WWE fans tweeting me yesterday. So, 
was just so ridiculous. Dolph Ziggler killing man. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler got beat by Tyron Woodley like the first round of the NCAA as once. Lost every time he got in there. Like, come on. What the fuck? <laughs> People are so oh, it's, it's hilarious. Like, but it, McGregor knows this. Like, and he's got like we probably wouldn't be talking about him. This like we we probably be waiting to talk to him about him till next week. Like, if he hadn't done this, because you know there's a week off now, and he's making sure everyone talks about him on this you know on this two week stretch before the you know for the fight comes up. This is this is so into, uh, smart. Like, and he you know he does this every time, and it's so smart. Uh, like. Other people are wondering, like, you know, why does he get more money? Why, you know, why is he the big star? This is why he's the big star because he can hold everyone <laughs> under his thumb with one tweet. You know, probably 130 characters, 41,000 retweets. 42 you know. now, yes. 63,000 likes. And yeah. guess what the follow up tweet was, Sean? UFC 202, hashtag 13 days. Yeah. So people see, are, are like, this is just. <laughs> Did you see the, did you see my reply to that tweet? It has like 993 uh, likes now. To the what? The UFC To, to McGregor's tweet. No, the other one. The no, I mean no disrespect one. Oh, I put no. It, I put a John Cena gif. Look at it. I've clicked into it and I've got one from Luca Fury. That was one there. I think right? that was Tor, yeah. Which is also you, I suppose. I think it's just showing uh, the people that I follow oh, the responses. Sean Sheehan, John Cena. 108 retweets. Yeah. Oh. I also just made the same face as John Cena in your gift there to say that. Ooh, I didn't realize it. Uh, yeah, I just see one from Dana Brooke there. She's a WB. Hmm, you really think this is going to make you stand out or something? Wrong move, buddy. Our WB <laughs> fans are back. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's really, uh, yeah, your 146 retweets there on that tweet aren't going to make him uh, stand out, are they? Come on! Yeah. <laughs> or the 42,000 that he got from his own tweet didn't yeah. make him stand out just a smidge in the last 48 hours my god like and do you know the best thing about it is sean i can imagine him just that's like that's such this is why people don't people from outside of ireland don't understand the conor mcgregor fascination and enigma because that's just what any smart-mouthed funny bastard from ireland would say in a general conversation do you know what i mean and he just thought I'll tweet this, lads, <laughs> and watch what happens. And then, oh, it's it's gas, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> people like we people don't understand it. Like this, I, uh, you put it very well there. Like our, lads in Ireland are like that all the time. They just slag the shit out of each other. Like, oh, it's it's banter, hilarious. banter, banter. <laughs> bit, a bit of banter. Yeah, Sean, exactly. are we yeah. uh, heading over for some questions, or is there yeah. anything else? No, let's let's head over for some questions. I think we've uh, a lot me, of things covered um, this week. I'll have to let's, sign into the severe MMA yes, Twitter account. While, so, while you do that, excellent. let me uh, mention our good old friends over at rosnutrition.com where you can go and get 25% off your first order um, at rosnutrition.com with uh, the promo code severe MMA. Those boys, they do great stuff. They do krill oil, they do vitamin D, they do protein, whey-based protein and the other stuff. Um, you know, everything you need. If you're a lady, go over there, get get your get your supplements on. If you're a, a rugby player, you know, everything you need is over there. RLSnutrition.com, 25% of your first order with the promo code SEVERE MA. Help us help you. RLSnutrition.com, SEVERE MA, promo code. Andrew! Sean, I'm sorry that we're going back to the WWE immediately here, but okay. in the last 60 seconds, the most 
scathing tweet has come out at Conor McGregor from a former WWE wrestler. Puts them all to yeah. shame. Virgil says, hey, Conor McGregor, let me know when you're ready for me to bitch slap your cornbread ass and show you what's up. <laughs> I like that. Oh, oh Virgil. Virgil, Virgil. I, I have one as well here. I have a few questions on my um, my uh, Facebook question. This is a half WWE best question. Why does Mark Henry give Conor McGregor such a hard time? He seems like a decent guy otherwise. From Joe McCall. That's obviously Mark Henry, Frankie Edgar's boxing coach. Did you hear this week? Uh, Conor McGregor referred to him as Mark or Conor or um, Frank Edgar's fat coach who holds his pads. Oh my god! Mm. So yeah, there's a bit of back and forth. But in fairness, now he does deserve that a little bit. He has been gone on every radio show, podcast, and just taking a piss like with, with Conor McGregor. So I, uh, I think he deserves that one. In fairness, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Mark Henry is. I think he's just been um, Frank Edgar's mouthpiece because Frankie can't really do it himself. You know, he's obviously Frankie already has fighter. Ali. Yeah, but uh, nobody takes Ali seriously. You know, so I think Mark Henry actually does a pretty good job of doing those things, uh, and I think that's probably why he gives him a hard time. He's just promoting the fight and stuff, so I have no problem with it. I don't. I'd take on workers. You know, it's, it, you know, it's got a response out of him, so it did its, you know, it did its job. That's the. I suppose that's the goal that you're looking for. You know, get yourself a little bit of airtime. First question, Mister One, Mister Podge. Oh, second question. Oh, he's going to be raging at you. John McCall won it out this week. You take it up with him. Any truth to the John rumor McCall, that sorry. Severe MMA Potter is flying all friends of the podcast to Limerick for a special episode 100 Extravaganza? Yeah, you can come down to Limerick Airport there, or Shannon, as some Fly people into call Limerick it. Airport. Yeah. His uh, his one question though, from uh, well, he's multiple ones, but I want to say to you, rumor that Tony Ferguson and Dos Anjos in Mexico City. Which has yeah, since that's been actually confirmed. Yeah, has, yeah. Should both of these fighters be heading there early for altitude training? Hashtag would watch. Yeah, it depends on part of Mexico, it's I suppose. Um, I think, yeah, probably, yeah. That's a good fight, though. Who are you picking on that one? Uh, who do you think, Sean? Tony P. Boy, Tony. Did I think I'd see... probably be Tony, too. Did you retweet it? Or did Jack Encarnacio from Sherdog or somebody put up that Tony Ferguson is responsible for 25% oh, yeah. of all Dars finishes in UFC history? Yeah, Mary Harter, good friend of the podcast, she tweeted me uh, a link to this the Reddit. Reddit, yes, thing. I was reading that last yeah, night. I was gonna, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna steal some of those. Yeah, I forgot them. My useless facts of the day are going to be coming from that from now on. Um, Nick Williams wants is uh, a question for the podcast. He also says, "Sean, excellent idea to make use of notes. What's your take on the two o four running through the night?" He likes it. He yeah. thinks there's a big difference between sitting at home alone watching through the night than being in an arena with 20,000 other people. Surprised at the amount of people saying they won't attend due to the time. People whinge when there's no big names on European cards but then don't want to attend when we get a big pay-per-view. I'm not sure, to be honest. I haven't really... You'll probably be going to it now. What do you think? Like, uh, you, were, you were in the one in Stockholm, weren't you? Yeah, Is that weird? Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. Like, for, for your body, it's not weird. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Forgetting the six o'clock flight the next morning, it's a hassle because now you won't be able to get it. But for me, it was okay. I didn't see it was an issue. The Swedish people didn't see it as an issue. But here's the difference, Sean. Culturally, the Swedish mixed martial arts fans and the UK mixed martial arts fans are going to be completely in different states come five o'clock in the morning. And in, intoxication states, you mean? Intoxication states, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that was my first thought as well. And yeah. that, that is a worry about doing a card in the UK. And maybe no one in the UFC said, look, lads, maybe this could be an issue. If a fight happens, if someone gets hurt, do you know what I mean? What's like, 
I'm going worst case scenario here, Sean, but don't tell me you wouldn't wake up the next morning and think, oh shit, this could actually happen. Two lads leaving there at five o'clock in the morning, get into an argument, a fight happens, and just one, whatever way your man hits the ground, he knocks his head off the concrete. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that really, like, I would be in favour of no alcohol being served in that venue. Oh, Jesus. That's a big call now. Jesus. I don't know about that. I think just extra, extra security. Tons of security they'll have to get. That's what I think. And mm. I suppose it's okay. Yeah, but that, that's that's a big fucking worry. It was like the first thing to go through my head, definitely, anyway. But I don't know. I suppose we'll we'll see when, it, when the time comes. Um, and definitely, this is maybe the litmus test. We're going to see if they'll consider this more often, depending on how this yeah. one goes. So let's yeah. see. And for all we know, this could have happened in Ireland before. Before this, only for the Crow Park licensing issues, which we've discussed at exactly. length on the podcast. A mm-hmm. question from Nerdy Jen Jen, one of the three uh, ladies that listen to the podcast. What <laughs> fights should the UFC make? Title fights or money fights? Woodley versus Diaz GSP or against Thompson? Well, I'm a bit biased in this and I'm mm. going to say a wonder boy. But I, I made a point last week on Twitter and I think it's I think it's the smartest point yeah, pat myself on the back there, but uh, like if if Tyrone Tyrone Woodley wants to make money, okay. So what you need to make money is you need to be on a big card, a big selling card, and you need an opponent that you can definitely get, right? So to be on a big selling card, he probably needs to get on a McGregor card, right, or a Rousey card. Those are the biggest selling cards you can get on, right? So he could get on one of them. You know, McGregor's probably going to be fighting in New York, like we, you know, I don't think that's the biggest secret in the world. Okay, if he could try to get on that card, right, and then you need an opponent, right? So GSP possible but is it easy to get gsp you know is he definitely coming back we don't know nick diaz it's impossible to get nick diaz to sign up for a fight you know he's basically said he doesn't want tyron woodley you know it's weird but you can get wonderboy and you can definitely get him wonder if you say wonderboy are you do you want to fight and and uh you know in new york yeah that's going to happen like so the biggest thing is i think getting on the big card whether you know whether it's wonderboy obviously gsp probably his his first choice but I think that's what he should be looking for if he wants to, you know, maximize the amount of money he's getting. Get on a McGregor card, get on a Rousey card, you know, that's where he wants to be doing. You know, even if he does get GSP, how many how many pay per views is GSP going to sell? Okay, he sold like what, maybe eight hundred, nine hundred thousand back in his pump. But it, you know, is GSP as big anymore? Is he going to sell that ma- amount of uh, pay per views, especially against a guy like Tyron Woodley? I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe he sells five or six hundred thousand, but if you got on a, say, a McGregor Aldo card or a Rousey Home or a Rousey Nunez card, you're going to be talking 1.5, 1.6. So I think that's, you know, that, that that's where he gets his, his biggest amount of money. So if he says Wonderboy isn't a money fight, I think Wonderboy is your best way to money, money fight. Yeah, exactly. Woodley came out last night and said he was, he the reason he didn't promote 201 like, as if he thought that he had this massive... Poly- oh, sorry, this is turning into last week's podcast where I talk about uh, Woodley for <laughs> and disliking him for a long amount of time. But aside from that, he said he had no financial incentive to promote 201. So yeah, he didn't. that's so weird. And that's just kind of, to me, it reeks of the student that says, I didn't study for this test because I can just do it again and I'll, I'll pass my summer exams. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't study for my Christmas exams because I can study for my summer ones. Do you know, like, no, not going to work. Yeah. Get out. Here's a question from Here's a question from Paul Brown. He asked about the this whole uh, Irish martial arts association. He said, is anyone up for a few do- dojo storms, do a few ankle locks on some of these money bastards? That's a, uh, you could do something like that. And then 
heel hook them maybe for good measure on the way out. But mm. then I think the moral high ground is definitely the way to take at this oh, yeah. stage. I, I think he's having the practice. Oh, he is. Paul Brown loves a footlock. Don't mind that man. Um, next question. M. Clean says, I suppose yeah, there. I was going to go for his McGregor question, but I know that next week is going to be big McGregor break then. So he it wants is, yeah. Sean a Premier prediction for the season. Liverpool beat Barcelona easy. That obviously means Liverpool are going to win the Premier League easy. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's we're going to win year. this. I think we're going to win this treble. This treble. Honestly, do I think we're going to win this treble? Uh, yeah. No, I think uh, City will win the league. I think United will finish second. I think Chelsea will finish third, and I think Spurs will finish fourth. So you think Arsenal are going to be nowhere? Yeah. We'll see. Robert Palmentieri would like to know who do you think is the best jiu-jitsu in MMA, both in the past and the present. Um, Damien Maya. So, while Damien Maya and Gunnar Nelson and guys who have fought in the UFC like John Olav Inimio, am I saying Inimo. his Inimo, yeah. correctly, would or Fabrizio Verdum or Vinny Magalesh will have the most credentials and back up to people saying, yeah, they're the best grapplers. But I'm going to go with Joe Lozon. Despite being submitted by Dylan Dennis at Metamorris, someone like Joe Lozon is a guy who has entertaining fights with scrambles that culminate in submissions. Do you know what I mean? And for me, that's better to see in a mixed martial arts fight than pass, mount, take the back, submit. I know in an ideal world it's not, but I'm talking about this from an aesthetically fan-pleasing point of view. Guys like Joe Lozon, guys like Tony Ferguson, even guys like Rodriguez from The Weeknd. Do you know what I mean? They're the styles of jiu-jitsu that I like to watch in the octagon. Or um, who's the oh, Uma Plata guy, Ten Planet ben guy? Ben Saunders. Ben Saunders. Apparently he's been cut from the UFC. Oh, no. Um, what's your man's name? Um, oh, I can't think of his name. He does the MMA Report podcast, but not John Pollock, the other MMA Report. But he said, he posted a picture uh, of t- uh, Jacob Volkman is going to be fighting Ben Saunders. He doesn't know if it's real or not. The UFC haven't made a comment yet, but... Apparently he's gone for the USA. Scruffy Duffy wants to know yeah. how many Fight Pass subscriptions are going to be cancelled. A lot. And there's another question there here as well from Patrick Horn. Do you think the cancellation of Fight Pass will affect the pay-per-view buys for UFC 202 in Ireland? I think it probably will. Um, Not the overall pay-per-view buys. But yeah, I'd on. say... I would say there'll be... Okay, so this is where something should happen. Now, finally but I suppose the government maybe not in the best position, that something like a McGregor Act could be passed to allow venues <laughs> to show these fights oh, live. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because the um, I know we, we spoke about this before, there's a pub in Dame Street, which is the official Arsenal supporters pub as well. It's beside the Boyle Sports. Ugh, can't think of the name. He said he loses out on about 35 grand every time McGregor fights because he can't open till yeah. that late. And I have a funny story on that that we're going to finish the podcast on. But the next question is from Ian Thornton. Do you think Connor having back-to-back fights at 170 and his history with Aldo pulling out, do you think he could go back down to 145 for his next fight? That's a huge ask. I'm... Connor's already talking about the trilogy. He is. He, but he's been, he's been talking about that for a while. Yeah, but he, he did say maybe not now. Look, I, I have a theory on this, right? Here's my theory. If McGregor wins at the weekend... If he lose, say we'll say he loses first, right? If he loses first, I think he'll go down to one forty-five. I don't think there's another option for him really. But if he wins, he'd probably come out and say, "Look, I the first fight was on eleven days' notice. I was on 
to take on the the, the lightweight champion of the world. Now I got that win back on Nate Diaz, and now I want my lightweight title shot back. I've earned it back, right? And then he can say, and why would I go down to featherweight anyway? The guy with the interim title and the number one contender behind him, I've beaten both of them. So I don't let them fight. Then I'll fight for the lightweight belt. And when I'm finished fighting for the lightweight belt, I'll come back and I'll fight them. That's what I think he's going to say. Money. Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar on the, the co-main event of uh, Eddie Alvarez versus Conor McGregor. Would you pay money for that? I would. There you go. But I can't because it's blacked out on Fight Pass in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Karen Stapleton wants to know which Irish MMA fighters would you send to what events in the Olympics? He wants Siri for the Butterfly 100. <laughs> Neil Siri would sink in a pool. Siri make a good jockey, wouldn't he? <laughs> Tiny man, yeah. Did you like my useless factor of the... Day of the Neil Siri and uh, Jose Aldo have more common opponents together than Conor McGregor. Yeah, than Conor McGregor and Jose Aldo. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Mickey, Mickey something. Mickey. Uh, Mickey Young from Young. Northern Ireland and Phil Harris. Both Phil fought Harris. Jose Aldo, yeah. Still, um, Chad Mendes was the only one that McGregor fought, yeah, so that's good. Um, Andy Cowan would like. Oh, I he put his uh, things into a into a note, so we'll get getting, them at the yeah. end. Well, you're getting them up there. You've got from Facebook, do you? Uh, Conor McGrath asks, "Is Peter Quigley good enough to fight Tim Means?" I'm not too sure, to be honest. I do think so. I think I think fight. it's I, a I think yeah. it's a bit of an ask on him. Like I don't yeah. want to say it's an ask on him, but because he is out training with Conor as well. But if you're looking at guys that Peter Queeley could come in and fight on short notice and either win or give a good a great account of himself to secure a UFC contract, Tim Means would be one of the guys you'd pick from the lineup straight away. Like stylistic point of view, like okay, I don't know, I, I don't know, I pick Peter Queeley to beat him, but Peter... ladies and gentlemen, I, yeah. Oh, now he's back now, Sean. You had an, you had, we lost you for a second. You said Sorry. I don't know if I'd pick him to beat him, but okay, yeah, but I think don't think he's a good matchup for Tim Means. You know, Peter Quigley is a dogged wrestler. He'll drag you to the ground like he'll make it tough for you on the inside with strikes. That's what Tim Means doesn't like. You know, I think that's a tough matchup for Tim Means. Okay, you look at Peter Quigley's record. And, you know, he's a lot of, he's a lot of decision wins and stuff. But you know, he's that type. You know, he's that type of fighter. He's a dogged. You know, he's not a Conor McGregor. You know, he's more of a, he's more of a Carl Pinjard or you know, a, what other fighters like that? I don't know. Kind of a Cain Velasquez dogged type of fighter like that. You know, GSP. You know who you know, who'll take you to a place you don't want to be like and beat you there. That's the type of fighter he is like. And I, you know, I think that's, that's a tough matchup for Tim Means. That's what I do. But I think Peter Quigley's, I think if he doesn't get that, I think his best route to the UFC is probably tough. I think he'd be a good contestant and tough. I think he'd win fights. You know, he'd drag guys down. He'd submit them. You know, he'd beat them up on tough. There you go. Will Martin, we give you our thoughts on the Conor WWE shenanigans. I'm glad it's made your Sunday afternoon. But he says, Sean, surely WrestleMania is a must for Conor McGregor now. <sighs> if it's going to happen, he's certainly promoting it promoting pretty well, isn't he? <laughs> the best possible way. This is what will happen, though. Conor will go to the WWE or will appear in the WWE and will win the crowd over. And then wrestling fans won't know what to do because they'll be cheering for him, but really they should hate him. Yeah. He will be able to turn a live audience into his favor at a WWE event, I would say. I think that's tougher than I don't know. Maybe I think there's great ways. I, I think he could be a good heel. Like he could come out and you know call out all, <laughs> call out every WWE guy. You know Finn Balor is there, Irish as well. Sheamus, someone like that. Form a faction. You know, you could, yeah. Leo Duggan. Definitely. 
wants yeah. to know his opinion on the recent Took fight and in particular Ventra's scathing criticism of Irish MMA media afterwards something that we were going to address on the podcast this week regardless Sean but yeah what do you think? Yeah, I, yeah. For clarity, okay. will we start from the start from the beginning? We will. Okay. Last week we we spoke about the Dylan Took Adam Vintra fight. Obviously, look, we're we make no bonds. You know, we're an Irish MMA podcast. We talk about obviously the UFC and Bellator and stuff like that, and we talk about Irish MMA fighters on the local scene and stuff. And oh, look, it's it's only natural if you're you know if you're a Croatian, you're going to talk about Mirko Krokop, or you know if if it's an English fight podcast, you're going to talk from an English fighter's point of view. We're an Irish podcast. We talked about the fight from a very Dylan Tuke point of view, how he kind of had a bad day and he came back and he did well. And we obviously look, Adam Vincher wasn't happy about that. He wasn't happy that we didn't give him enough credit for what he did, and we talked about um, Dylan Tuke One... obviously a lot more than him, which which I think was very fair. So you know he had complaints about that which were fair enough and a lot of people came out and did I don't think they really understand who understand who, who he's speaking about and stuff but uh I I, I got onto him anyway I spoke with him and so I like I apologize I said it straight out that we you know we didn't mean any disrespect to him or anything you know he obviously had a fantastic fight I know we, we probably should have mentioned it more but you know he got two with two great shots and you know that played a lot into Tuke's underperformance or whatever you know Adam Vinter is I think is a very good fighter you know and I'm glad to, to, to hear that he's coming back but I spoke to him and yeah we, you know we kind of cleared the air or whatever on that and he's he, you know he I don't think he's any ill will towards us and obviously we don't uh, towards him either but you know you know I, I don't think we said anything bad about him, really. No, we, and this we definitely is where, should have given him more credit. Exactly, yeah? and this is just my uh, my two cents on the matter. This was something, Sean, that was blown out of proportion by people what? telling him about things and social media things and people's like little digging jabs and stuff like that. Because the all-seeing powers here, Sean, we see all. You've yeah. all been marked. You're on the list. Don't say hello to us the next time we see you at an event, because I will headbutt you. But aside from that. I um and then my name personally was brought into it a lot. Do you know what I mean? Under statuses, Andrew McGahan said this. Andrew McGahan said that. When at not at no at no one point did I say that uh, took or took one the because Ventra had a bad night or anything like that. I said Ventra outboxed him, outstruck him, dropped him two or three times in the first round, and only and I believe the reference I made was Misha Tate's do or die moment, i.e. you're losing this fight badly, i.e. what Dylan Took was, and he capitalised on an op- on an opportunity that presented himself and he got the tap in the in the second round. So yeah. maybe I should have um, expanded that more clearer. Maybe I, th- I believe that more regular listens to the podcast and yourself as well would have picked up on the Misha Tate reference because it's something that we've mentioned many, many times. But here's an example of people hearing things and going straight online. And I'm getting tweets saying... You said this, you said that, and I went back and said, actually, I didn't. Maybe you should listen to my podcast. And for some reason, Sean, despite that person having tweeted multiple times since then, I never got a reply to my tweet. Maybe he didn't see it. Mm. It's weird, yeah, isn't but, it? Yeah, I think But there's... at the end of the day, we yeah. are coming from an Irish point of view. I fully accept that. I'm open to criticisms on that entirely. And due to the new format of the podcast, where we're not going over two hours every single week, we're not discussing things at length. Um, at a massive thing and from watching the fight Ventura give an outstanding performance completely I was I thought hopefully he wasn't going to retire over that because being able to put it up to Took in the way that he did on the feet as well as being a legit grappler having a brown belt under Paul Rimmer from next gen 
um, trains with Paddy Pimlet as well. And now Alan Philpot has moved over to the next gen Liverpool full time as well, I believe. Um, this is a huge, like that was a huge. I don't want to say boost for him, but to be going into that fight as the grappler, the favoured grappler, and then to outstrike the favoured striker, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, like I have no problem with you know with what he said. I think he was fair enough. I, like I cleared out. He said yeah. he was you know he was a little bit upset after his fight. All natural, even if he wasn't. You know, I think we deserved the criticism that he gave us fair enough. But you know, there's a lot of people. <laughs> there's the people coming out afterwards. You know, throwing shit. Uh, that was a bit weird when you know a lot of them hadn't even heard the podcast and are just you know. Tron, Tron Stones really but yeah we can get over that, that that's it's okay like, Sean it's like the Jeremy Clarkson thing from years ago when the listener the listener figures for something that he said were for example 5,000 and the BBC got 20,000 complaints yeah, you know that exactly. sort of thing it's, <laughs> exactly. it's yeah. mass social hysteria where people yeah. just jump onto things it's typical petty people with nothing else to be at sort yourselves out lads question from Pizzi's dealer Legend. Best Twitter account in the world. How long before we get... After Sheehan Stados. After Sheehan Stados. Versus... uh, How long before we get Pettis versus your year? Maybe not too long. Maybe next. You never know. Could be good. Uh, Jamie McDermott wants to know how far do we... Or how far do we think Paddy Pimlet will get on in the UFC? Ready to tune boys up? Yeah, he Paddy Pimblett's an unbelievable uh, fighter on the floor. If he, you know, he he's been talking about improvements in his hands. Obviously, we haven't seen them that much because he's been fighting mostly on the floor. So, if they come and we see them an awful lot, he can go far. I think he, I rate him very very highly. I think you know he can take a lot of buys down and and submit them the way he has it, the the way he's been doing for the last while, you know. And if his hands are as good as they, the, you know, they say they are, he can go, you know. Paul Fogarty. as far as he wants. Who has been clamoring for a mention on this podcast mm. for the last while? Don't worry, Paul. We're not going to mention your two mates that have better Snapchat stories than you this week That's on the fact. podcast. But I am curious and wanting to know how one, how the three dates went. Yeah, for, I never got friend. a Snapchat about them. No, me neither. So the must have went too well. But do you think video analysis is used enough by fighters in MMA? Is it comparable to other sports like football? I was talking to Graham about this the other day. I don't think they have enough time to do it. Honestly, no, I but think they there's should so hire much... Sean Sheehan to do it. Any fighters out there that want technical breakdowns on opponents, get in touch with Sean Sheehan. He'll watch endless tape for you. Yeah, that's true. Pay me, pay me a small fee, and I shall do that. But yeah, I, I honestly don't think to have an. I I always find it weird that people say I haven't watched tape on my opponent. Like Jesus Christ, how have you not watched tape? Like you can pick up so much things from even going back. I this morning I was watching a lot of Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor, and like you pick up different things from the way they fight, and you know maybe that. You know things he don't do. You know things they do against one person might work better against you than they did against the last person, or they might work worse, and they might leave. You know they might leave an opening for you. You know, so I think I think it should play a huge part, and I think for some guys it does, but I don't. I you know for a lot of them I don't think it does. I think it's easy as well to get. You know you get too. What's what's the saying again? Too close to the forest to see the wood, or whatever it is. I don't know. Cross to the forest to see the trees. Uh, oh I don't my know. god! What did that you thing. say last week? Slowly, slowly, catchy monkey. Was it? Yeah. I saw somebody comment that on Facebook the other day, but it was under a domestic argument between people, so I couldn't tag you in it because then people would think, like, "What the fuck's he tagging this chap for?" <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, I think it's hard as well to do. You know, your own. You know, if you're emotionally invested in stuff, it's very. I think it's very hard to critically break down you and break down a person you're fighting. Because obviously, like if you're fighting against someone, you're going to think, oh, everything's going to be illuminated, or that's really bad, or that's really good, and stuff like that. So I don't think it's that easy either. But I definitely think they should probably get someone. You know, everyone should have like an analyst breaking down their opponent. You know, pay him a couple hundred euro to do it, whatever. <laughs> yeah, from Limerick. But then again, Sean, everybody has the whole Sean, it's watching, watching my mistakes from my last fight. This will never happen again. You know yeah. that's not happening. That's for the Facebook mm. post after defeat. Like, do you know what I mean? That's not actually yeah. ever going to happen. Um, Dave Fogarty wants to know, though, is Fogarty versus Hannah the people's main event on Bama 26? And what should his walkout music be? He has to walk out to throw up a storm. Brewing up a storm. Brewing up a storm. Because you know, he's the first, you know, he's the first fight in the card. He's going to be brewing up a storm. Brewing up inside and her eyes are wild and you can't go on. That has to be a walkout song. Let's be honest. I think uh, if I was to guess the birthday boy himself, Keen Cowley, I'd say he, he's been a bad influence on Dave's music over the uh, last no, while. He can't, can't He'll be coming some out rap, to something. Oh, he will be. He will. No Him and fucking Carroll have, have ruined Dave's mind, Sean. No way. PC's fucking uh, loves Grime. his garage and shit, doesn't yeah. he? Jesus Christ. <laughs> garage, lot, I don't think lot, is. Lot is lot garage shit. not some sort of rock? It's all the, no, Garage is that sort of shit. Is it? Right. Or is Gar- no, Garage is more of um, dance music, actually, I think. Is it? I yeah, Grime. Know. Yeah, it's Grime. Currens and Raisins. Marco Curran wants to know how many pedigrees, pedigrees realistically could mm. Conor McGregor kick out from? Jesus. I don't know. After that last Diaz fight, I don't think you could take more than three. No. Definitely Before not. that, I might have said four or five, but he's shown weaknesses, you know, in that last fight. Brian McLaughlin says if Wonderboy beats Woodley and George St. Pierre returns to the welterweight division, does Wonderboy even win a round or is it just 50 45 GSP? My God, Brian, you are being blocked from the podcast after that question. <laughs> we have any more questions? <laughs> yes. Last one, so one more, two more. Um, okay, well then I'll have to just scroll up because there was a few there. Okay, t- fire, I'm gonna, you have to fire one word answers back at me on these two, okay? Okay. And then we'll get to the last two. Which WWE star would you like to see Connor slap the head off first from F- Frogmore? Uh, Fandango. Oh, well then. Uh, <laughs> Fandango, what a man. Fandango. Have you ever thought about setting up a severe MMA group where people who listen to the podcast can go to local MMA events together? It can be difficult getting casual fans to go to an event. Here's what I'm thinking, Joey. Okay? I say we set up a Facebook group, a public Facebook group, share it through the social media channels, arrange it for a sort of thing that Irish travelling to UFC events can keep in touch or ticket sales or anything like that and maybe if anyone's looking to a few people to tag along to to Bama then or Battlezone or something like that then it's a public forum as well I'm gonna I'm gonna make that as soon as this podcast is finished sweet Um, and then Sean the uh, final two questions one from Gavin Sherlock with literally no one in the MMA community giving Connor a chance what odds would you have for the fight if you were starting the better lines Betting lines. What I can't say that now. I'd give away my pick. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I can't give away our pick till next week either. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Gavin. Your question's been asked next week. The, I think it's pretty close to 50 50, though. The fairness. penultimate question John Harker wants to know Team Ireland MMA versus World MMA in a game of Kabaddi. Mm. Oh, just Ireland against the world? Who's your Irish Kabaddi team, Sean? 
Carl Moore, you need the heavyweights. No, you need to be no, not for Kabaddi. You need to be light and nimble. McGregor be good at Kabaddi now. Um, you need wrestlers, well, good wrestlers. I'd have Carl Pindred. I'd have Peter Queeley. I'd have um, how many? There's like, uh, but there's like eleven on the Kabaddi team. So we need to get one or two more. So we don't have the enough, best. Uh, enough fighters. Reds are Reds are now probably be good at that. You know, after watching a couple of his uh, jujitsu matches, I reckon he'd be definitely be good at Kabaddi. Some or lads who kick you in the shins and run away. Break their ankles to stop yeah. them from running. Um, lads, Siri, Siri, be good. He kick you in the shins and run away. Andy Cowan sent his screenshots. Firstly, are any Irish guys or Gunnar Nelson going to get a match on UFC 204? On uh, the Manchester one? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Favourite non-conventional sport on Sky Sports? His is 10-pin bowling and his Snapchat story contained eight Snapchats in a row of 10-pin pin bowling footage on Sky Sports last night. Well, we are not my answers to that. <laughs> okay. 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 Never mind. And then What's finally, um, I don't have Sky Sports in my house anymore. So ah. I don't really get to... yeah. Oz aerobics, Sean. I was a big fan of that, as I said last week. <laughs> Say you fucking were. Dirty bastard. <laughs> how do, I've actually never watched it before. I just always used to see it on the schedule. So what is yeah, it? Yeah, I'm sure you did. Wait a minute. Oz. Oh, Oz aerobics is like loads of women doing aerobics in like a park and stuff. Is it actually? Like scantily clad. Oh, it yeah. actually fucking is here. I'm on Google Images. Like that is just a... Com- like... I feel like a pervert now after yeah, me. You are a pervert. You know I'm not. Well. I have never watched this in my life. I swear <laughs> to God. Who's that? Never heard of him. Um, Sean, mm-hmm. sorry, we got one last one there. Or, yeah. Ooh, because I googled Oz aerobics, I've lost the the questions here. The, Jeez, um, I'm after googling Oz aerobics now. It's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> Final two things here. How does a fighter become a member of Team Sheehan? That's from Andy Cowan as well. <sighs> They have to be a very good prospect that I think can be, and they have to be exciting. I don't know, they just have to, they have to hit me, they have to spark me, they have to have everything. Like Wonderboy has it all, Francis Ngannou has it all. I Mir told Sal you Beckett he'd, he'd it do all. it this weekend, Ishihara. Ishihara. Salt Lake City bitches. He's not, he's not Team Sheehan though, he's too crude to be on Team Sheehan. You need to be a good man as well, a good person to be on Team Sheehan. You know, you have to be, you have to be a nice boy. If I had a daughter, I'd want to let her to marry you. That that's you need to be on Team Sheehan. Yeah, definitely. Who else Sh- is on Team we, Sheehan? I can't remember. Tom <laughs> took him off. It's too big at this stage. We just got a last minute one there from Brian Lynch. Does MMA fighting need to add greater quality control? Mm-hmm. A fan post that someone submitted with the title Tyrone Woodley is a racist with a question mark made its way onto the Yahoo.com main page. Yes, I don't know about that. But did you hear last week? Actually, we meant to discuss this. People asked about it. Did you hear on the MMA beat last week? They had a discussion about racism in MMA and that's how Tyron Woodley, you know, a lot of people don't like him because of racism and stuff. You know, Luke Thomas has brought this up before about John Jones and stuff. Um, personally, uh, I don't think so. I, look, obviously, there's there's a section of people who are going to be racist and they're going to hate you know they're going to hate all black people and stuff like that but I think the way they phrased it was kind of bad and I think they kind of came out of it as well they kind of they moved on to a different topic which I thought was better that the topic of you know like uh, African American um, uh, communities not clinging on to MMA the way they have boxing stuff which I think is actually a great point and I think Tyron Woodley might be able to change that around because there's there's no doubt it's you know it's unequivocal that there's definitely been race uh, as an issue in boxing going through the years in MMA Uh, well not so much MMA but I think MMA is you know it's a rich person sport and it's you know it's you know 
I, I think for a large part, like a lot of people who get to college and, you know, who can pay it to go through to jujitsu and stuff like that. You know, I don't, you know, there's a lot of, bo- obviously boxing, a lot of people come from, you know, poor and poor backgrounds and, you know, in, you know, the projects and stuff like that. And there's obviously a large um, black, you know, history of all the way, you know, all the way back to Jack Johnson and stuff like that. But, in, you know, in MMA, it's different. I, I think that might be, it might be changing a little bit, but, you know, I think t- at the moment, you know, they call the the most um the most polarizing figures in MMA they said was um Daniel Cormier, Tyron Woodley and uh Mighty Mouse Johnson, which I thought was pretty wide like pretty wide off the mark to be honest. Like I think McGregor is by far the most polarizing character. You know, I think Diaz is probably up there as well, you know. So I don't think I don't think they really had much of a leg to stand on in that debate. But there, there are other points about, you know, Tyron Woodley in, in his community and stuff like that, being able to change prerogatives. I think that, I thought that was that was very good. There you go. I'll check it out. Thank you very much, Sean. Yeah. An hour and 45 minutes recording time in the book. So we're uh, a little over. But we had good questions this week. We had good crack did, as well. Yeah. I enjoyed this week's podcast. Hopefully you listening in your headphones or through your speakers the listener also enjoyed this week's podcast if you did feel free to give it a share feel free to tell a friend he's over on twitter at sean sheehan ba i am at twitter at andrew mcgahan sean remember i told you i had a story to finish the podcast oh yeah so good friend of the podcast after work the other night we were chatting and he said that uh i was telling him about the mcgregor act do you know what i mean the pub and stuff like that he said here's a better one a pub down in cork was brought to court for being, I believe, for opening late, right? Yeah. And what they did was, when they went to court, they said, Your Honor, I'd like to apply for the Harcourt license. And he said, what? And he's like, yes, the Harcourt license. He's like, there is no such license called the Harcourt license. He says, well, then how come these? And then he took out receipts from nearly every nightclub on Harcourt Street, serving drink past half two said how come all of these premises are able to serve drink after half two in the morning and then i believe the issue went away nice yeah so and this is the sort of thing if if something like that ever goes through later later licensing laws it'll be called the harcourt act do you know what i mean because that's where it's came from so something like the mcgregor act conceivably could go through as well in the future that was my that was my only thing i didn't want to get bogged down in the questions either way As always, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. We didn't bore you too much. I enjoyed this week's podcast. Next week is going to be off the charts. I'm flying to Vegas next Tuesday. So is Peter Carroll. We are going into the belly of the beast. We're going to have podcasts. We're going to have content coming from out the tits. Me and Sean will have our regular podcast released on Tuesday. As always, we'll record it on Monday before I head away. But Sean, the excitement is building. 13 is it 13 days 12 days days. oh my good god this is it i am looking forward to next week's podcast we may even have to do a little google hangout you know it is fight week tradition a google hangout live from las vegas it's all going down on severe mma he's at sean jihan ba i am at andrew mcgahan but until then ladies and gentlemen we'll see you next tuesday